Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We're continuing with our back to school month and this week we look back at Blue Water High and Degrassi which is considered by many to be Canada's greatest ever TV show. And we take a special look at the classic, the iconic, the brilliant Saved by the Bell. This show had it all and we're going to try and break it all down. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. I'm quite concerned with my intro now, considering what we were just talking about just before we started recording about Saved by the Bell. Oh yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into... We'll get into all of that in a bit, but I don't know why, because obviously it's the school's month and I can't seem to get the Sweet Valley High theme song out of my head. Do you know what? Ever, ever since you said that we I think it was Blue Water High, as soon as you said that, I was just like, Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley. And I just, every, every time I look at it, I just can't help it. It's, it's, it's in my head. It's now like a, a double-edged nostalgic thing, because obviously I remember it as a kid growing up and i remember it now because it was one of the earlier episodes that we did it's a it's a great theme song though it is great i was, I was literally gonna say like find me a better one like that's it's very difficult i know god it was it's, it's a cracking theme song. you know it was it was actually pretty good as well yeah i i liked sweet valley high i mean it's it's not as uh intense and serious as uh degrassi but we'll uh We'll get to that shortly. Woo! Straight out the gate, no mess. No, 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 no. We'll uh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll start off light and then we'll uh, build up to all the angst and and what have you. So we're gonna start with Blue Water High, and this show came out in May two thousand and five. And some of the things happening in the world: Tony Blair's Labour Party is re-elected for a third consecutive term in the UK general election. Singer Kylie Minogue was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 36, but thankfully she recovered and made it out the other side. Western countries pledge funds to Ukraine so the country can cover the Chernobyl nuclear reactor. Here's one for you. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, was in the cinemas. I watched that three times at the cinema. You liked it that much, huh? I loved it, yeah. And Signs by Justin Timberlake, Snoop Dogg and Charlie Wilson was in the charts. I probably heard it at some point, but I don't know. I couldn't do the tune view. Blue Water High now. So this was a Australian television drama series broadcast by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and on all-star Foxtel Nickelodeon channel in Australia and it was broadcast in various channels in many other countries. So each season follows the lives of a group of students at Solar Blue which is a high-performance surf academy where several lucky 16-year-olds are selected for a 12-month long surfing program at Avalon Beach in Sydney. There are three series in Blue Water High. The first two series were screened in 2005 and 2006 and the producers did not intend to create a third and final series. However, due to popular demand by fans, they relented and made one more series with only Kate Bell, 
who was back in series one, returning to a main role. And yeah, so we kind of ended with the closure of Solar Blue because of lack of funding. And that was an indication that the show would not continue. In Germany, it was known as Die Surf Academy. In Portugal, the show was called Mar Azul, which is Blue Sea. And apparently it was broadcast in the UK on Boomerang and later on Pop Girl, which uh, should give you an idea of what the UK thought of this show. And in the uh, Spanish-speaking countries of Latin America, the show is titled Blue Water High or Escuela del Surf, which translates to Blue Water High Surf Academy. And in Brazil, the show was called Galera do Surf, which means the surf crowd. So a quick rundown of uh, some of the characters and some of the, the series. So series one was Heath, who was the relaxed joker who kind of struggles with school. There was Perry, who was the resident glamour queen. Pay attention to these names, Paul. Pay oh, attention. I literally got them written down. <laughs> Fly, who was the youngest. Beck, who was uh, local to the area. And there was Edge, who was the aggressive and competitive teenager. Matt, who was the generic smart guy. And Anna, who was a famous German kiteboarder. And in series two, there was Heath and Fly. They return. And there was Corey, Eric, Brooke, Rachel, Amy, and Mike. And in series three, it was Guy, Charlie... Adam, Bridget, Lauren, and Cassie. Adam, who some of us may know, actually went on to be an actor in America. He was um, in Jessica Jones, and he played the role of Malcolm Ducasse, who was uh, Jessica's assistant. So he kind of made it big in that respect. So, Blue Water High. One thing I'm going to say, and if anyone fancies having a watch of this, it's on YouTube. Um... Stick on the subtitles. You know, YouTube's got this thing where it automatically subtitles things. Yeah. It doesn't have a clue about the Australian accent. I can't give you any examples because I didn't write any down, but it's hilarious what they what it thinks people are saying. Um, it's just completely wrong. It, doesn't it wasn't understand. that bad, was it? The subtitles were atrocious. No, no, the accents. I understood them fine. No, exactly. But the computer can't understand them because I think it's an automatically generated uh, subtitles. Yeah. Uh, and it just it just doesn't understand it. It's hilarious. I um, don't understand, though, because they speak in English, right? Yeah, but I think the accents throw, throw the system off. Um, and it's brilliant. I didn't know it does that. Why would you do that? What What, what is... Yeah, that's, that's quite... That's, Give it a... Give it a watch. Just watch like 10 minutes of it. It's brilliant, honestly. Um, <laughs> so one thing one thing about this show is that it's um, the Australians, like, I don't know what it is, like Home and Away, Neighbours and things like this. Like, they're really good at drama. Like, at, like put in, um, uh, and it seeps through to this show, which is why I'm saying it. Like, the, the drama they can put in, in something really small is actually really good good it's not even um it's not like a you know it makes it really corny uh, and really stupid but like um 
yeah, brilliant at drama. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, so you like this then? I yeah. I mean, it took me a while to get into this, and I um, might as well tell you now. Like, I, I watched series three and saw that it was like the exact same format: surf competition, final, blah blah blah, this and that. The other, so I was like, no, I, I'm not going to watch it. I, I, I was, and then I went back to series one and watched um, more of series one because I wanted. I'd rather you know, get to grips with some people and get to know them and things like that than, than just watch the same thing over and over again. Um, so I'm not sure how successful making three series of the same thing would have been, but the first series was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think the characters are really likable. It was really well shot. It was, it, I think it ticked all the boxes. It was easy to watch as well. It's one thing like when I was, when, when, um, when I was at school and things like that, I used to watch neighbors all the time. Um, so, I've kind of have a little, like, an eff- kind of affection towards Australian dramas. I think they're quite good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'm going to say is, obviously, this show came out in 2005. It's well past, and it wasn't broadcast anywhere that I was ever going to watch it. However, actually, you know, with all three shows, I think all three shows this week are magnificent. I thoroughly enjoyed blue water high i thought it was cute i thought it was like you said the characters were really likable really interesting stories i like the fact that in each series they're explaining people's stories you get to know them and then you kind of root for them at the end when they're having the big competition and only two students can go ahead and win the win the prize which is a, a year's scholarship at some academy somewhere and yeah it kind of goes on with that and then you meet new people in series two and you meet new people but i think in like i said in series three bet comes back and she's like one of the um faculty advisors so you kind of still have the the link between old and new kind of bringing all of that together yeah i don't know with with australian shows i think we haven't done many Australian shows. I apologize to our listeners in Australia. I promise we're going to put that right. And we're going to try and do as many more Australian shows because you know what you guys haven't missed so far. Cause I really liked, um, heartbreak high that we did last year. That was really intense and, and, and the tribe ripping with drum. That's New Zealand. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that was that that's 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 New Zealand. But uh, all the other stuff that we have done has been has been great. And like I said, I, w- I want to do more and more shows like Blue Water High, please, because like and and you said as well. I think it was very easy to watch. It was very like gripping. I'm I was very much into it. I was never never bored i wasn't thinking oh okay same old format because i watched some series three and series one and i wasn't thinking oh same old format very boring so on and so forth i wasn't yeah i mean what i was thinking when i said that was like i i I didn't want to like skip forward and just watch the same thing i'd rather get to know everyone if you see what i mean like really get a feel of what this is like because it has so much to give and sometimes when you're watching these shows and obviously we we some some of the shows we do a very brief intersection really of what you know what a show is and 
it's kind of hard to get into a show like quickly because um you know we we do these quite you know we, we do a new show every week so we have to you know keep going so sometimes it's really hard to get into a show but this this one was like kind of straight in there um um it was quite it was easy to get to know the characters and what they were like it had kind of very um kind of like tokenistic characters if you like the good looking guy with like but was a bit like didn't care about school you know that kind of like jovial character then it had like you know the the more smart sensitive ones and you know and and and, and everything in between and i think like it, because it was kind of very um thought out and how um how it was uh, all the characters were, were were cast i think it it was very successful in its delivery yeah absolutely so shall we go into episodes can do um right so i i watched what episode one uh episode nine and episode 26 of series one and that's all i watched okay so i watched yeah episode one the contenders two so yeah so basically they've been selected for a one year training course at solar blue academy and beck isn't necessarily happy because her brother was trying to get in but instead they gave the place to a girl from germany anna and so yeah she was quite uh uh, she was very not 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 best pleased about that and it was meant to be going to a male contender that was what she was so mad about but instead they're like you know what sod it we're gonna pick a a girl from uh germany and she wasn't even a skater she's like a a kite kite surfer yeah kite boarder yeah so they end up uh so it starts off they're kind of like this um my first line was uh aussie beach surf competition final and then obviously because uh, I think, I think if it's, <laughs> if it's one thing, yeah. we, if it's one thing us Brits think about the Aussies is surfing, right? Like we think they're yeah. all surfing yeah. and laid back, and um... of course there's a surfing academy. There's an entire <laughs> academy just solely focused on bringing the the next generation of surfers in Australia. I think our waters are too choppy for that, aren't they? Yeah, I think we've got one real beach in cornwall that's good for surfing right i'm not sure if there's any more in the uk um <laughs> forget about it so um so the boys go out on the other oh, so yeah so they, they kind of introduce this weird thing i'm not sure if they they carried this on throughout the series but i didn't see it in the other two episodes that i watched where um so the girls are out on a on this on their surf heat and um the boys go out on the rib and they film it with a camera, but they, he, he, whenever his camera tilts or something like that, he's got a bad feeling. Um, this was a, was one of the more corny bits of it. Um, I really liked Heath. Yeah, really I really liked him. Really like he. <laughs> and then, but but then, when did he get a feeling? But oh, because there's bad blood between um, uh, Fly. Fly and Stacy. Um, I think it was Stacy. I didn't get her name um, down. I just put not girl, Stacy, not nice girl. Um, so, uh, and I think, um, messed about with her board. Yeah. Messed about with her board and she fell off and she smacked her. F- I think the board smacked her in the face, didn't it? Yeah. Um, lost her teeth. Yeah. She had to be carried out the water. Um, so the competition, um, goes ahead, but they don't know what to do. Like the, 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 uh, 
I can't remember what the, the guys' names are, the guy and the girl, but they're saying, like, I don't know what to do about the heat. The, the man and the woman. The, the... It was Simo and... And the lady. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's, yeah, so they're like, oh, what's going on? What are we doing the thing? Um, so they decided to postpone the heat, and um, this woman had been brought... Oh, so the woman, she actually joins, and Simo doesn't like it because she's kind of, like, there to help him, but he doesn't feel like he needs help. And then, the, so the boys' heat gets cancelled, and the girl from Germany is, like, kind of... She doesn't even have to try out. She's just given the spot, which, like, kind of upsets everybody, as you said earlier. Um, and, uh, so Heath is asking, he asked Simo if he's going to rerun, uh, and, and the guy was like really, uh, so Simo was like really rude to him. Um, and I was like, back off, man. It's <laughs> like a couple of minutes into the episode. Um, or oh, rack they... off as, as they say in Australia, rack off. <laughs> um, but they do rerun the girl's heat eventually when, um, Fly gets out of hospital and straight away they do the whole. Dutch tilt thing on the camera and he's like oh something's wrong um it's kind of spider sense thing and it turns out that the suspected allegedly Stacy had undone the the middle fin and Beck's got the hump still because her because her husband her brother still hasn't got a place in this school so he's so she's really got the hump and she doesn't she doesn't like Anna she's kind of sitting on her own in the beach and stuff but she kind of holds the magic key to um to fly doing really well so they take the uh the middle fin off her surfboard and they put it on her on on flies and then it's all really good and she smashes it and she wins and she's the best one and yeah and that was the end of that episode yeah that that's pretty much what i'd got as well so episode nine because i watched episode 13 of series one Oh, great. So this one, actually, so I watched episode 126 and 9. That was the order I watched it. And I was like, and then and then I went on to the other series thinking it was going to be different and it wasn't. So I went back to 9. So this one was this one was actually one where I really got into the story. And this one was called Sharks in the Mind. They're all in the water, you know, just kind of, you know, like surfers do where they just lay on the board and they're just kind of like paddling about, not surfing, just literally just laying on the board. And something touches Edge's leg and he's like, oh my God, what was that? And then everyone, everyone kind of like runs out of the water. He's like, oh, it's a shark. And everyone runs out of the water except for Matt. And he goes under the water and he's like, oh, I'm going to check what's going on. And it's something like he's got kind of got this anxiety thing. So he kind of like calms himself down and relaxes his heartbeat. And he looks and he's like, Oh, the fish are all right. The fish aren't going mad, so there can't be a shark. Um, so they go out, and um, Matt says everything's fine. Everyone reacted, overreacted kind of thing. They tell the Coast Guard, but the Coast Guard isn't really interested in it. And um, Matt is filling in an application form to go for a school uh, in, in Melbourne. It's kind of like a, I think it's a um, marine biology course. And he steals it and was like, oh, and he's like, oh, I'll give it back, this whole kind of thing. And he's like, they end up having a chat about it and said, he's got to kind of make a backup plan in case he doesn't get the place in, in the academy. So he's trying to make plans for his future. Um, and he has the interview tomorrow, and he, but he says he's be quiet. Uh, he has the interview and he's been giving, like, he's been keeping data about the marine marine biology and the marine wildlife and things like that. And, he's, and he gives it to the people. Um... And then they have this kind of weird therapy session. So it's like kind of, oh no, sorry. So in the meantime, they've cancelled all surfing. The academies stopped the surfing, but people are still in the water. Um, 
and instead of surfing because there's like might be a shark and they're still looking and they're not going to risk the lives of the kids because they're responsible for the kids so they say absolutely no way and they kind of have the, this weird therapy session instead of surfing and they said like let's talk about your fears fears uh fly and anna are worried about being dunked in the water and not being able to surface edge and matt weren't included in this heath is scared of being of going crazy and beck is scared of shark attacks so anyway cut to the boys taking out the um the rib and they're going to see matt's dad uh heath is like kind of like wakeboarding on the back of this um on the on the rib and when they get there they meet matt's dad and matt's matt's dad kind of wants to buy this boat and he says oh you can i'll buy the boat and you can come like it's a fishing boat oh yeah you can come and be my first mate kind of thing we'll we'll be together and we'll fish together and, and that'll be your job and he, but he kind of doesn't want to but he doesn't know how to tell his dad um so um uh and then he said oh, i'm gonna go look at this boat but he doesn't say anything uh and when they go back to the shore um Heath starts taking photographs of people surfing in the water um and then he um he takes the photographs um he tells um Heath tells his tells dad sorry tells Matt to tell his dad about a scholarship and then it's like the kind of the next day and still no training and Matt gets told that he gets into the scholarship he what he passed the interview and everything's great and uh Matt's dad is um kind of doubting that he can win so Matt's dad's kind of talking to the academy people saying oh is he actually going to win this thing and then because he's doubting him he's then pushing forward the plans for his boat which is obviously the opposite way Matt wants to go um he goes and crosses uh Matt says he's going to quit um Matt thinks he but Matt thinks he owes his dad to um to to so he thinks he owes his dad because his dad supported him all this time and he wants to he thinks he should work for him um and he tells dad but then he tells his dad actually i'm going to go for this um scholarship thing so um he said if you can get a boat back get a boat back or whatever then they go to the the place where he sold because he's already sold his other boat and um he's going to sell use that money to buy the new boat when they get to the other bit the boat's kind of in bits he's taking it to bits already um so that's a no-go so simo when they go when they go back uh, simo goes mad that um they took the boat and um and then it cuts to um he's developing the photos and he's developing it in the girls toilets so he's like locked the door of the girls bathroom and he's uh, put like a red light in there and he's developed all, all his photographs and he does see a shadow of a huge like what i assume to be a great white shark or whatever in the water so they're like oh you were right and then um matt Matt's dad gets the new boat, but he doesn't mind because there's loads of like local lads. He says, I've spoken to these guys. They want to come and work for me. So you do your thing. That's great. And then I'll do my thing. That's also great. Um, and then they all go back in the water and have some surf time. And I just put decent episode. It was actually like a really well-rounded episode. It was kind of like the, like I, I, the reason I picked this episode was because it said shark. I don't think you can talk about surfing and not talk about sharks. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this episode anyway. Cool. So keeping in theme in terms of order, I watched episode 13, which was called Life on the Line. So yeah, there's a, a, a problem with the uh, water quality and sewage. 
And so Sumo says that there's no surfing allowed. And so he says to them, right, instead of surfing, you guys get to design some surfboards. And if you manage to sell them for a good price, you get to keep half of the money. And obviously the kids are all like, oh, you know, we don't want to do it. He goes, either you can do this or you can do some written work. What's it going to be? And meanwhile, they all go surfing anyway. And Perry finds that there's someone in trouble. Turns out it's a bloke called Morgan. And he's panicking to save himself. And he's trying to drown Perry. And so he's like putting his like hands over her head, trying to trying to stay afloat. And then uh, somehow she manages to break off, and then they manage to uh, take like take Morgan to the hospital. And Perry is feeling a bit weird about it all because everyone's like, "Oh, you're a hero! You're a hero! You saved his life! You saved his life!" She's kind of like, "I'm not really a hero. I don't really know how to feel." And so she goes to visit Morgan in the hospital. And so he's like, are you having the same dream as I am? And they're basically showing each other their battle wounds. And Morgan was essentially only doing like he was only in the water because he wanted to impress a girl. But he can't really surf and he can't really swim. And if you're going to go in them choppy waters doing all of those then it's usually a recipe for disaster. And so Matt kind of sees what's happening and he's basically telling Perry, look, watch out for this guy. He might be a, he's a bit of a tool, obviously. And when Matt, I think, is going to the hospital, Morgan sees him from afar and then he basically plants a big old kiss to Perry. So Matt's thinking like, what the hell's going on? Like, what's, 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 what's all this? And Perry and Morgan are bonding over the accident. And Morgan is like, yeah, I took a risk. So what? That's what life's all about, risks and whatnot. And then Perry's like, you nearly died. Like, are you are you stupid or something? And so he's like, what's life about a bit of a risk? And he's basically on a wheelchair and he's just basically sliding down a ramp, which is like going downwards and so he almost gets hit by a car and he's like rolling on the floor and he's like ha, 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 what a rush and she's like you're crazy like i don't want nothing to do with you and he's like are you gonna help me up she's like no i'm not gonna help you up you can stay on the floor like that and basically matt this is an incredible life lesson because he was basically teaching her how to fight someone off who's trying to drown you because you know like how he was saying that when people are drowning you, he's trying to like put his head down. You know what the tip is? You you go even further down because he's not going to follow you down, is he? Like if your man's trying to drown you and he's like having your on your head and he's got his two hands and he's trying to like push you down so he can push himself up, the key is for you to go even further down. And that way he will break off so like if he's pushing you down you go down you swim away from him you get back up again and he's basically telling that to perry because he was like look at the end of the day if you do that then the person trying to drown you because you know what he's not going to follow you is he he's obviously trying to stay afloat he's, he's trying to keep his head above 
the water so he's not going to follow you down. So the best way to fight off someone who's drowning you is to go further down. And then come back up, take his legs yeah. and drown him. Well, that's not really what he said. And basically, in terms of the uh, the board and the surfing things, so what happens is Beck, we realize that she might have a crush on Edge because her surfboard is just basically a picture of him. And I think Anna or Fly looking at, were looking at it and they were like, whoa, have you got a crush on Edge? She's like, no, no, I haven't got a crush on Edge. What are you talking about? I haven't got a crush on him. And it's like, yeah, so why are you drawing a picture of him on your on your surfboard? And so they're all like drawing their pictures and they're doing their, their thing and whatnot. And I think Edge kind of realizes that when it comes to the, the selling bit, Edge kind of clocks on that it is Beck who drew it. Because obviously they're like showing the boards. They're like, oh, so who drew this one? And Becky's feeling really, really embarrassed. But Edge kind of takes that board and he's looking at Beck thinking, yeah, I know I know you drew that. And uh, yeah, they all managed to make uh, a few bucks with uh, their selling of the picture. But yeah, it was a really, really good episode. A really important lesson as well learned. That's a major key alert. Because you're thinking, what the hell are you going to do if someone's trying to drown you? Because you're like, what are you doing, you idiot? You're going to try and fight and get up there. But it's like, if he's pushing you down, what do you got to do is go further down and then... There seems to be like a lot with water that if you fight your natural instincts, then you're more likely to survive. Like, yeah. Uh, if you start to drown, you should relax and float. Yeah. You know, slow your heart, but... It, if you get in the water, you just want to thrash about. That's you know what that's the thing about the water and swimming, and it's kind of like how I learned out in the sea. That's how I kind of learned to be confident in the water. Because prior to living in Egypt, I was terrified of swimming. I was terrified of the deep end. I wanted to get as far away from the deep end as as humanly possible. But it's like sometimes you just have to just let your body like trust your body cuz when you're flapping about and you're panicking that's that's when that's you start how sinking. people drown yeah yeah but if you just trust your body and you just float then everything will work out and obviously you just yeah just it's one of those where you just let your body do the natural thing and i promise you 99 times out of 100 you'll be okay it's when you're acting crazy and wiling out that's how that's how you drown but it was a really yeah really good really important lesson oh i was in um spain once and i decided to swim do you know the boys you get that float out off offshore i decided to swim to one of those and it was probably the biggest mistake of my life i do you know um like i, I managed to get there and this boy was huge. I had no idea. I like. I had no idea that they were so big. But obviously, they're just quite far away. Um, and I looked back at the beach where I was, and you know when that kind of vertigo effect and everything just seems to get further and further away. I was like, oh my god, how am I going to have to get back? <laughs> and it took me like it took me ages, and I had like a combination of front crawl, breaststroke, and backstroke to get back. But it's like you're saying, like laying on your back and just letting your body do the work. And then that's how I managed to get, if I'd had to do the whole thing on front, cool, I'd have died. I definitely would have drowned. Um, 
but yeah, literally just floating on my back and like moving my arms a bit to try and. And also, I learned that breaststroke is the best technique to swim because you you don't exert as much energy when you do big wide breaststrokes. Is when you're like doing the normal arm movement. That's how you just get absolutely knackered. But if you're nice little breaststrokes, big wide, then that way you save a lot of energy. So, and the winner is. Right, so this episode kind of like starts off and it's concentrating more on the school side of things and um, everyone's kind of like, everyone knows they've passed. They get told by the people that they've passed. The pass rate is 50% and Heath, and I called something. Um, in fact, I'll read it. I'll just read it as is. So so Heath is on a border of 49 to 50% and the teacher was like, I don't know what to do. Do I pass you or do I fail you? And he's kind of like, and he's talking about talking to Heath about his whimsical a- attitude to life. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Should I flip a coin to see if you pass? And and Heath was like, dude, you're going to flip a pu- flip a coin for, for my grade. And then the teacher flips a coin. Straight away, I was like, that's a double-headed coin. Like, straight away, I I thought that. And, and boom, heads. And I was like, and he passed. So everyone's happy. Well, he was always going to pass then, wasn't he? It was just one of those. But it's like, do you know, like the... Um, it's like that only fools and horses bit. Is it like, call call it? And he's like tails. <laughs> um, uh, so all of the friends passed, um, and the adults said like you can't go out to celebrate it because we've moved the competition to tomorrow because there's a cyclone about to hit the island. And Debbie, that's her name. What cyclone Debbie? No, Simo's. Oh, Simo's assistant. Um, assistant yeah. It's Bobby Debbie. Yeah, so the kids don't want to, but this is happening. And so everything kind of like takes a really serious turn here. So like Edge leaves, he wants to be on his own because obviously like these guys have been friends for the duration of this competition, right? And they've been training and working up to this point, but now they're all competitors and they're all against each other. It's every man for themselves. And I thought it was a really successful bit of storytelling where they flipped it. It's literally like, okay, now we're not friends. We're, we're, this is our futures. Yeah, exactly. So everyone's kind of in it for themselves. And that was kind of the stark reality. And even in life, really, that you've got all your mates, but at the end of the day, like you're the one that's going to have to go and do the job. You're going to, you're the one that's going to have to go to your first job. One you're the one that's going to have to get your first paycheck. Your friends aren't going to do it for you. And they're certainly not going to give you their money. Um, anyway, so yes, edge leaves. Uh, Beck leaves too, and Fiona and Anna stay sharing because they're like, oh, I don't want to be on my own. I don't want to be on my own. I had, if I live yeah, on my own. Fly and Anna are incredibly relaxed about the competition. I think they both come from like quite big families, so they being alone doesn't suit them very well. Uh, and then doubt sets in, and they do this whole kind of like doubt sequence about like, oh, but what happens if this happens, and what happens if that happens? It's kind of that whole like voice of God kind of thing, like tossing um, and turning in their sleep. Yeah, this is very... Except for Fly. Yeah. This He's whole like, episode... oh, I hope it's nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, this I liked episode... Fly and all, actually. Yeah, I did too. But this episode was quite cheesy, to be honest, so far. So, cut to the competition. Um, girls up first. And when the girls go out, they're kind of like... The girls are doing the heat, but they don't do the heat. They don't film the heat. They're... They kind of just do this, like, highlight reel of all of the, the characters. Um, and... The same thing with the boys, and then with their like, names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like names. It was great. <laughs> I, th- I think that's probably where I started writing all the names down on um, on my notes. Um, and the final heat is up. So um, 
um, and it didn't show the heat. It just kind of like said, oh, it's a final heat. And then everyone just was looking miserable. Um, and, they, and they didn't show the winner. Uh, and it kind of went to the party. And then no, but I think of... they did show like little clips of them in the water. Did they? Yeah. So they're showing them basically doing their thing. And then in the end, Simo comes up to them going, this is the best surf off in the academy's history. It's really, really close. And the winner is, boom, cuts to the big, big party. Yeah, and then Edge and, Edge and Fiona won it. Fly. Fly. I've, I don't know why I keep going Fiona. I, oh, I know why. Because the um, the Aussie uh, subtitles couldn't tell me if it was Bly. They, they thought it was Bly. So I, I, and do you know, like when, if you see a word and then watch someone say it, it sounds different. So it was confusing. Oh, is this your subtitle thing again? Yeah, exactly. So I didn't write that. I wrote Fiona because I was the only one that I knew was definitely correct. So, and then straight away, I was like, that's a double. Yeah, because the teacher said, like, gives him, gives Heath the coin. And it was a double. Oh, no, he gives it to, who does he give it to? He gives it to a girl and the girl gives it to him. And oh, it's a double-edged coin. No, I think Simo gave it to Heath. Did he? Yeah. And then he advises him to, like, obviously prepare well. Yeah, good luck is all about good preparation. Yeah. So he's like, obviously, you got lucky, but it's all about preparation. Perry and Matt are going to be moving to Melbourne. Anna decides that she wants to stay a little bit longer. Beck, and then Beck in the end says that they should all do one last thing as a group. And they basically step into the future together. Yay! I like this. I thought it was cute. Now, this this was like my notes on this was morning after some sickly metaphor about past and future. They step outside the end. Very sweet, bit much. Oh, and uh, Sophie Luck, who played Fly, won the 2005 Australian Film Institute Award for Best Young Actor for her role in the series. Good for her. Yes, good for her. I I I I liked her. I thought she was great. I thought her and Heath were great. Obviously, I didn't watch season two because they come back for season two. I'm sure that was down to them being really, really popular. And uh, yeah, just a quick note. Uh, yeah, the winners of series two were Brooke and Eric. Season three, because I watched the finale. And this was obviously the last ever episode of this show. So again, it's one of those where the year's coming to an end. Everyone is nervous about the finals. Beck. I noticed her, she's a faculty manager. And Angus, who's like some guy in a suit, he's coming in with bad news. And he's saying that Solar Blue is now closed. Kids can't compete anymore because sponsoring the kids, so basically sending them to college for free, has become too expensive. And it looks like they've done all that work for nothing. And... Guy, who I think is the other faculty guy, suggests that they still have a final regardless because it's one of those, the show must go on and we still have to find someone to crown as winners. And so Simo finds out that Solar Blue is going to be out of business. He tries to have a meeting about it. And so he manages to use his contacts to get two wildcard tickets. And that they'll sponsor the winners for a year. So it's great. And they were saying that not only did he pull a rabbit out of the hat, but he pulled an elephant out of the hat. This is a big thing that Simo did. And obviously all the kids are like, oh, you're Simo, you're Simo. And 
you know, so good to have you back. And yeah, so two rounds in into the finals, they're all neck and neck. And again, it was a really, really close competition. And Bridget and Adam are the winners. But Bridget decides that she wants to quit and go to university. And she says that she likes pro surfing, but she doesn't love it. And she doesn't really see it as a career. So the other two girls, Lauren and Cassie, have to pick straws for the the winner. So this is quite a, you know, a, a rubbish way of, of kind of picking the winner. But obviously you need to have someone going. And Lauren picks the longest straw. Cassie takes it very, very well. She gives Lauren a hug and says, you know what? I wish you the best. Congratulations. Because they both ended up having the exact same points, hence why they had to do the uh, the straws. And the gang enjoyed Blue Water Beach one last time. And that was the end of Blue Water High. I think I, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they ended it because there's not really much more you can do without turning it into like a proper soap opera, like Neighbours or Crossroads or Home and Away. Or I'm just saying the Australian ones, but um, it's Crossroads Australian. Yeah, originally it was. Is it? Yeah. Um, what the the hotel thing, right? Yeah, where they wake up and it was all a dream in the end. Uh, I don't know about the ending. I never watched the end, but that um, was the ending. Spoiler alert. I don't care. Don't watch it. It's a stupid ending and a stupid show. But anyway, so back to my point was like, um, they had nowhere to go with it really without just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, They could have made it like, you know, like that was the main point of it. And then everyone has their kind of little side stories and made a soap opera out of it. But, I, you know, quit while you're ahead. They, they did a fantastic job for for the three series. Um. Like at times, as I said, it was really sickly, like corny. But others, it was just really. Most of the time, it was just really good TV. Like the acting was great. That's one thing actually I haven't mentioned yet was the acting was superb. Very young actors, um, and none of the characters I found were unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that was yeah that was another thing. Obviously, like I said, one of the actors won an award in the third series. Adam, he goes on. In real life, obviously, to be an actor in America. He was in Empire. He was in Jessica Jones. So it kind of gives you an idea of where, you know, he started. So it's kind of good to see where he started. No, honestly, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Blue Water High. And it's going to suck trying to pick between Blue Water High and the next show that we're going to be doing. Degrassi. So... Yeah, I thought I'd do it in reverse chronological order because we're going to go all the way back to November 1989. This is when Degrassi High came out and some of the things happening in the world. The first commercial dial-up internet connection in North America is made by the World STD. Half a million people protest against communist rule in East Germany in what was called the Alexanderplatz demonstration. The members of the Constituent Assembly of Namibia begin to draft the Constitution of Namibia, which will be the Constitution of the newly independent Namibia. The Little Mermaid was in the cinemas. And probably my favourite Bobby Brown song, Roni, was in the charts. Do you even know who Bobby Brown is? 
the name rings a bell, but I, I, I don't think you would know Roni. Maybe you would know My Prerogative. That's a Bobby Brown song. Yeah, so I know that song, but literally only because of Britney Spears. And obviously Every Little Step. And he was famously married to Whitney Houston for a bit. I mean, it's a long and complicated story, and I'm not going to get into that right now. So, uh, Degrassi. So, this was a Canadian teen drama series that was produced from 1989 to 1991. This was obviously the third series of the Degrassi franchise. And it was filmed in downtown Toronto. The world of Degrassi originally began in 1979. So, a media studies teacher at Toronto's Earl Grey Senior Public School wanted to engage young people with filmmaking. And yeah, Linda Schuyler created theater workshops for local kids and experimented in documentary production. However, while making a documentary about immigrant children and racism in Canada, she decided she would rather make films about the daily issues students face rather than teach them about media. And the Degrassi franchise consists of five separate but interrelated TV series several TV movies and a web series of shorts. And it's obviously, yeah, about Toronto youths and their realistic high school experiences. And it's Canada's longest running dramatic series. And it aired on and off for 35 years, spanning over 500 episodes. And it was praised by many as the most successful example of television franchising in Canadian history. It was licensed in over 140 countries and launched and launched the careers of several Canadian talents, most notably Drake. So yeah, the show received four primetime Emmy nominations, two international Emmy awards, 25 Gemini awards, and 16 Canadian Screen Awards and a Peabody Awards. And yeah, so the Gemini that they won, so they won Best Direction in Dramatic or Comedy Series, for Degrassi Junior High. Best performance by a lead actor in a continuing dramatic role Role was won by Pat Mastroianni, who played Caitlin. Multiculturalism Award, Best Dramatic Series, and Best Performance by a Lead Actress in a Continuing Dramatic Role. Sorry, that's uh, Caitlin, Stacey Mistison, not Pat Mastroianni. I'm guessing that might be Joey, Joey Jeremiah. And yeah, so obviously they, the students, they attend the titular fictional school and they dealt with a lot of controversial issues, including AIDS, abortion, abuse, alcoholism, cheating, death and suicide, dating, depression, bullying, racism, the environment, drugs and eating disorders. And the first two episodes of Degrassi High sparked controversy in the United States over the issue of abortion. The character Erica had scheduled an abortion. And obviously Canadian viewers saw the full non-edited episode where Erica battles her way through anti-abortion protesters, one of whom is holding up a plastic fetus and warning Erica, please don't do it. It's your last chance. And in 2012, the walrus declared that Degrassi's camp value has often overshadowed its cultural significance. And while the cheesy production values and highly disproportionate number of catastrophes per capita 
sometimes undercut the seriousness of the high school drama. The realism of the style let young viewers relate to the characters and their experiences. And Degrassi not only featured taboo material, but drew praise for handling it realistically. The kids lived with the consequences of their actions, learning and growing through their experiences in awkward and messy ways. The attention to multiculturalism and diversity was also foundational to inclusive programming at the CBC and other Canadian broadcasters. And they incorporated these diverse experiences into the storylines to illustrate social satisfactions among the classmates. And Shyla and her team also incorporated the youth experience into the writing by observing how actors matured between seasons, adapting characters or storylines to accommodate changes in confidence, attitude and appearance. And Degrassi influenced other Canadian teen dramas, such as Madison, Ready or Not, and Edgemont. Shows that we will probably end up covering on yesterday's capers in the not-too-distant future. As well as inspiring American series Beverly Hills 90210, Dawson's Creek, Gossip Girl, and the rebooted 90210, American filmmaker... Kevin Smith credits Degrassi with inspiring him to present youth culture with a specificity of place and without condensation, simplification or clean endings. Linda Shiler was named to the Order of Canada and the Order of Ontario for her work with the franchise. A poll conducted by the Toronto International Film Festival for Canada's sequincentennial selected Degrassi Junior High as one of the best television programs in Canadian history. Not really sure what a sequincentennial is or how much that adds up to. And a nationwide reunion tour was held in 2017 in honour of Degrassi Junior High's 30th anniversary with several key cast members appearing in cities across Canada. Now, if I was even in Canada and they were out, I would definitely go and see them. Yeah, me too. So in terms of the franchises... So it's, they started off in 1979 with Kids of Degrassi Street. This was the first series and it follows the lives of a group of children living on Degrassi Street in Toronto. And it starred some of the kids who went on to be it, starring on to other of the, of the uh, Degrassi franchises. Then it was Degrassi Junior High in 1987. And it won an international Emmy in the children and young people category for the episode It's Late, where Christine Spike Nelson gets pregnant at Lucy's party and Spike's baby was named Emma to commemorate the award and Emma would end up being the inspiration for the spin-off series Degrassi, The Next Generation. And there was a, a new series that came out in 2015 and it responded to current affairs by introducing two Syrian refugees Saad and Russia, and in its third season included storylines on Islamophobia, terrorism, racism, and Black Lives Matter. Some selected characters. So there was Erica, Archie Simpson or Snake, Derek Wheeler, Wheels, Joey, Lucy Fernandez, there was Caitlin, there was Spike, and the rest of them. 
Right, so Degrassi. The UK Grange Hill. The first thing I'm going to say is the theme tune is awesome. It's like such a great, great theme tune. Um, it's it definitely... okay. No, it was it just was... there. No, I loved it. Um, I it was one of these ones. You know, like most of them, you get like a skip theme tune kind of. Yeah, mode. yeah. But I I watched I watched it every time. Yeah, so I thought it was brilliant. Um, the obviously it's quite. It looks dated, right? It it looks like it's filmed in the eighties. Um, but what a show, man! What a show! Um, I I, I don't know. This was this is brilliant. I yeah, I agree. I I thought Degrassi was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Like I was enjoying it, and yeah, like like I said, it is it is it wasn't those it wasn't a cheesy high school drama. It was real. This is what happens. Teen pregnancy happens. Bullying happens. Racism happens. These things happen. It kind of seemed like. Not ahead of its time. I don't want to say ahead of its time because, but it was like willing to deal with issues that were present where other people would much rather steer away. Exactly. And I've applauded that. That was like very brave because obviously you can get shunned by a lot of companies, but like, I ain't doing that. I'm not showing that. What's, what are you doing? But it's, yeah, it handled everything really, really well. Like, it, and it's not even like it's kind of a passing thing. Like, the, you know they 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 deal with even racism in the first episode, and it's not like they never try and push it aside like it's not happening. Um, it's always like it's there, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with it now. Like this is this is a real thing. Um, so the way it's dealing with like proper serious issues, and also like it has a lot of comic relief in there. It's not all serious. It is funny at times, and 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 as as a show, like really well put together, really well delivered, like everything was great absolutely and one interesting thing i want to say so degrassi managed to find its way to cbbc in the uh late 80s and early 90s but they turned it down because they thought degrassi was too extreme and i'm like you're just a green chill what you literally had an episode where danny kendall od'd in a car and he's dead and his eyes are like glaring open what are you talking about? The hell are you talking about? Degrassi was too extreme. And you had yeah. Gripper running around in the 80s, this white supremacist. <laughs> and you're you're telling me that Degrassi was too extreme? I th- I think like um it's funny it made me laugh when you said it about um how like there's a lot of calamities per per kind of capita i think you said was what you said but it's but it's funny because like all of these things you know like all of these kind of soap opera things have like awful things happen. i mean if you if you check the crime stats for albert square it would be like why i would never move there yeah Uh, and especially at christmas time i'm moving (laughs) i'm I'm moving can you imagine i'm 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 gonna go i'm gonna go to the pub and 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 (laughs) celebrate christmas but the the pub gonna get burned down shoot (laughs) Every year, I'm um, getting up out of there at Christmas time. I ain't getting shot. I ain't getting stabbed. I ain't getting robbed. No, exactly. But um, but even so, I think um, 
Well, can you imagine like teen pregnancies per capita then in in little old Degrassi? <laughs> it's just like everyone's walking. Chances are, your girl go and get pregnant. <laughs> that was one thing that kind of stood out. Every other season there was a teen pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, but again, it's one of those things where at least they're telling you this happens. You carrying on. Obviously, look, you can do your Sweet Valley highs and you can do your corny high school shows. Do it. I I, I like it. I I like Sweet Valley High, but sometimes I want to watch a program and I want to watch something real. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's not... It, like I said, it has its moments where it's funny and it has its moments where it's serious. And the episodes if you if you watch them are quite balanced so for every heavy moment in it it cuts to a a, a comic reliefy scene so it's not like heavy 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 it's like heavy very light heavy very light heavy very light so it's very well balanced and it doesn't feel depressing it doesn't feel overwhelming even though they, they are dealing with these really horrible things like you wouldn't you know, you wouldn't wish on anybody um to go through but but uh yeah very successful piece of filmmaking and i was quite impressed when you said about um about uh it being created by a film studies teacher uh and to get people involved in it because like that makes it even better in my eyes because it's born out of something that was like incredible like you know get let's get together and make this thing and now now look at it do you know what i mean you know sort of like if you want to create something and you want to do something for the good and you know something monumental can come 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 out of that yeah and what i was going to say was before i forget this point is that i liked that they managed to not only keep older fans but along the way they're bringing in new people so you kind of had the core characters like caitlin like snake like joey and they kind of were constants, not only through Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High, but onto the next generation, as we're going to talk about shortly. So in a way, it was like, we're not going to let go of the old characters. We're all going to kind of keep them close together. And we're, we're going to kind of continue on their story, but obviously introduce others. So like Spike, who was a big character in Degrassi, Degrassi High, she had a, a kid. And that kid, Emma, becomes one of the main characters in the next generation Degrassi. So they kind of follow on and they kind of tell you tell you that story. But like in terms of like the seriousness, I think for us, I mean, you said you didn't watch Grange Hill, did you, growing up? No, Which I find no. at all. You didn't watch it at all? Nope, not, not one episode. How? Why? I don't know. I, it's just one of these things where I think... Uh, How on earth uh, that, did you not watch Grange Hill? I, I don't get I th- that. I think it, what it was is that... Um, and it's still the same to, to like to now. I find it really difficult to start new things. So, um, I, wa- I mean, I've watched Breaking Bad four times. I've watched Better Call Saul four times. I've watched but with Grange Hill... The UK Office a hundred times. But, but think, I think it's like learning new characters. But, it isn't, but with Grange Hill, they kept giving you new characters. So, with obviously the, the difference between Degrassi and Grange Hill was that Degrassi started with characters and those characters never really went away. Whereas Grange Hill, there was always refreshing so yeah. Tucker didn't stay forever. 
1983, it'll be new kids. And then in 1985, there'll be new kids and so on, so on, so forth. It was one of those where it was very easy to jump into. And obviously, we grew up watching Grange Hill. So some of the serious stuff on Degrassi didn't quite shock me. Whereas I'm sure yeah. Americans do, like Americans who may have seen Grange Hill, like remember when Chris was talking about it, like he was shocked. Like, what the hell am I watching? I'm like, yeah, this is this is what we had, yo. Zamo yeah. on 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 hard drugs. Danny Kendall who OD'd in Mr. Bronson's car. You had Gripper basically bullying any kid of color. You had Booger Benson, who was another crazy guy in the 90s. You had uh, Lucy dealing with the whole HIV story because I think one of her parents had AIDS. And, and yeah, and so that that was another story that they uh, that they dealt with. So it was one of those where I'm looking at all of these hard-hitting stories. I'm like, oh, damn, yeah, okay. And that happens in schools. I'm, I'm no, because I'm adept to, to Grange Hill and bullying. Okay, that's another constant theme that happens in my school and everybody's school so it wasn't so i'm watching degrassi and for me it's like okay good talk about these things glad glad uh glad that you mention it so where did you start with degrassi uh degrassi high okay one. so i started with degrassi junior high so i think i should go first and yeah i only watched just the one episode so it was a uh, kiss me steph so basically Vula, Steph's best friend, she's not okay, so I'll start from the beginning. So Steph is ashamed of her her stepbrother, Arthur, and she doesn't want to be seen with him. And the one thing I kind of noted was instead of saying year seven, year eight in Canada, they say grade seven, grade eight, grade, 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 etc. And Steph is in grade eight and she's thinking, right, I'm a big girl now. And I wrote that she dresses like Sandy in Greece when she's singing You're the One That I Want. So she's got like the low cut top and the whatever. And she's now getting all the attention from the boys. And Steph and Vula are dreaming about being class president. And we meet Joey Jeremiah. And he's basically showing Arthur around, but he basically locks him in a broom cupboard. And Mr. Radich is their teacher. And there's Miss Avery, who is Arthur's homeroom teacher, which is basically registration slash PSHE. Oh, yeah, form room. And Steph decides to run for class president. And she promises to kiss all the boys as long as they vote for her. But like some of the girls are not happy about it. They're like, oh, you're setting the feminist movement back. What's the matter with you? And she's promising to rock on the PA, whatever the hell that means. More dances and avoiding swimming in the gym. And she does a big old speech. And she's like, I want to thank Joey because Joey takes a liking to Steph. And he's like, I'm going to help you out. Little do they know that Joey's bullying Arthur. And... Stephanie ends up winning and Susie Rivera is vice president and yeah there's a student council meeting after school which Steph had no idea about and Vula's basically confronting her going we're supposed to be mates what's the matter with you you've just kind of ditched me and you've ditched your whole principles just so you can become class president 
like screw you man you and you and me we're not gonna be friends anymore and steph realizes that she has to give a speech at the pta meeting but she's not even close to being ready for that and so joey says you know what i'll help you with the speech and then she's realizing that joey's trying to shove arthur into a locker and she's like yeah you better back off from arthur and you better leave him alone and steph steph's like to arthur I wish someone can help me write her speech. And then Arthur's like, look, I can help you because I was valedictorian for my uh, grade six graduation. And so it kind of ends with that. And actually, tell a lie. I watched the finale of uh, Degrassi Junior High. And what happens is that we see that uh, Caitlin is initially turning Joey down. There's a big exam. This is the obviously the finals. And there's an exam. And the fire alarm keeps going off. And the principal's like, hey, don't worry about it, man. It's faulty wiring. It keeps setting it off. And Christine, or Spike, she has to sit an exam and once she sits her exams, her results are not great. And she has to go to the general program, but not the academic program. And she thinks, oh, my God, I don't want to do that because it's a, a waste of time. And Joey is trying to get advice about women. But his parents agree that he can't go to the dance if he gets anything less than a B. And he's already resitting grade nine because he flunked his exams. And Derek, or Wheels, has to stay behind and talk to the teacher. And he finds out that he passed, but only just. He missed a lot of classes, and the teacher suggests that he repeats grade 9. But he's like, I passed, right? Why do I need to repeat grade 9? But it was one of those things where, yeah, you only just pass, which means you're going to struggle moving forward. So it might behoove you to run it back and make sure your your grades tight but he's like sorry i don't want to do it and mr radich gives joey his report card and he gets two a's four b's and one c in french and he's absolutely gutted because obviously the agreement was that he needed to get all a's and b's and no c's and so he's basically like to caitlin look i'm really really sorry i can't take you to the dance and caitlin's like i'll oh, screw you you're such a liar i knew you were big old liar and you and me we're through and so he's going to his mom and he's basically saying look mom here's my report card and obviously his mom is like oh wow you got two a's and four b's like i'm so proud of you she's like why are you so upset he goes because obviously i got a c and so his mom was like look we didn't do it as a punishment we did it so that you could get your grades together get get your get your issue together like we only did and she goes i'll talk to your dad and i'm sure he'll allow it because your grades are really really good and christine is basically ruining having emma she's like oh look at this kid ruin my life ruin my plans how am i supposed to carry on with my life and then miss avery's like you know how lucky you are there are some women who can't even have kids perspective and so Christine's like, okay, fine, sign me up to the uh, the general program and hopefully I can try and um, make a, an education out of this. 
and Christine's asking for correspondent forms and she accepts and Joey goes to dance he waits for Caitlin he has um a flower for her she's like look I'm really sorry the reason and he explains to her about the whole grade situation and obviously every everyone is uh having fun at the the school dance there's two kids playing tag and oh what's her name it might be Tessa who is a very interesting character moving forward Tessa Campanelli that's it Tessa Campanelli and I think she's playing tag with another kid and they basically discover that one of the play one of the tanks or whatever has just blown up and the school's on fire and so they're basically running to the the hall going there's a fire there's a fire there's a fire everyone out so everyone's going out and Joey's saying to Caitlin I'm gonna go and get your coat I'll be right back and so everyone's going outside and Caitlin's like where's Joey where's Joey everyone's like I don't know I don't know where's Joey where's Joey and so they did a really nice tease because you're thinking oh my god Joey's in the fire what's and then he's basically out going hey I'm here <laughs> they did that. I'm like phew I'm like, don't do that to me, man. What's wrong with y'all, man? And so the school burns down to a crisp. And so they move on to Degrassi High. And the first episode is a new start. Um, first day of school, everyone's getting ready. Kind of, you know, the whole uh, first day of school thing. So I've got a picture for my nephew um, with his first day of secondary school uh, a couple of days ago. So that's quite quite sweet and quite fitting um, and this girl is miserable and she's being sick and I've written straight away on my notes defo preggers <laughs> so um, oh Erica yeah so um, oh that's one thing I'm going to mention now I'm glad you mentioned that my notes don't have the names in sometimes and that's one criticism about Degrassi High is they do not give a, do you know like in most TV shows they're like guy walks up to girl and he's like, oh, hey, Erin, how are you doing? And he's like, oh, no problem, Tom. Th- you know, thanks for asking. And this one... You should know their the name. name. That's why. Because by now, this is the third chapter of the Degrassi franchise. It's like, yeah, and- y'all already know his name. I ain't got to so repeat this- it. It took so long to, to for me to get the names of some of these people. So I'll probably have like... A name. Anyway, so it's everyone is so uh, happy to be at school, and then Erica had romance like in a, in her summer school, and I said Defo Preggers again, um, and then the high school burnt down. That's why there's lots of kids that of different ages. So uh, from what I gathered, this wasn't supposed to be a from like a high I don't school know, grade, grade seven to grade nine. It's like that's like whatever. junior high, and then high school is grade nine to eleven. Yeah, so they kind of lumped the the juniors in with everyone else, I think. So that's because the school burnt down. That's, that's the impression I got. Uh, and then the bullies are kind of like, you know, the whole classic bully kind of thing. They're like looking and saying, oh, we should bring in initiation. With their letterman so. jackets. Yeah, and it's like proper, like, it's really kind of like a stereotypical kind of bully thing here. But I like that. I thought it was quite cool. So this this is what I was talking about earlier. So they've just gone from like, girl is probably pregnant to bullies 
and they suggest bringing back the initiation, but unofficially. Yeah, because apparently it was an officially official thing. Yeah, before, but and, now it's not. and then now it's not. Yeah, so um, and one of them was called Wayne. Wayne Gretzky. Not Wayne Gretzky, oh, obviously, but what was Wayne. It, um, he was the name of the uh, you, bully. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Was it Wayne Wayne Gretzky? I love, no, I, I don't think he said that. Maybe he did. I've been I've been watching um the American Office. Um, so anyway, so the bullies beat up this. Uh, there's there's a, it's kind of a trio, and I don't know the names. You'll be able to fill me. I, I've written them later in my notes, but there's a tall guy, the Italian kind of greaser guy, and that's um, Joey Joey Jeremiah. The the really tall guy is Archie or Snake, and the guy with the mullet is Wheeler Derek Wheels. Yeah, so so the, the 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 tall guy they beat up the tall guy and put um Snake they put him fl- covering in flour and stuff like that. Oh, so the girls go to the um I've, my notes notes are too sparse on this, but basically they go to the chemist, they get this pre- pregnancy test, and this is I think this is where I message you because they got like these two test tubes and a timer, and it's all kind of like proper chemistries to get this pregnancy test done. And I was like, um, clear blue, two minutes, like ninety nine point nine percent accurate. Hello, this um, is we're going back thirty years. Remember, I was like, thank God for these new found pregnancy test because this was literally two test tubes and like oh i'm not pregnant it's all fit and then this kind of weird frolicky bit and i was like all right you're not pregnant okay calm down and then some girls are tied up to a post it kind of cuts back to the school so the girls are tied up to the post and they've got like girls women's underwear on but over their clothes sort of thing and they're kind of tied up to this thing and 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 so I think, it's, is it? I'm not sure if it's Eric or not, because I'm getting confused with the names. But basically, they go to the quad and they're like, eh, maybe I won't go in there. Because the bully's kind of like, you know, the whole like fist in hand kind of thing. Oh, you're going to get it if you come in here. But again, comic relief follows the heavy storyline of the pregnancy bit. Um, and then, so... Um, one of the another one, so it was Wheeler, I think, got got by the, um, uh, by the bullies. Uh, and then I think it ended up where they're talking about the period maybe and she's missed it and her sister's having it and i think and then it's it's kind of like okay she she might be pregnant again no but i think didn't it end with because what happens was they do the pregnancy test it didn't come up with the color and so they were like oh phew 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 but then but no no but then she realizes oh i'm still feeling sick i've like i've still not had my period. I think she, yeah, she missed two periods. I think yeah, and then she does the test again. No, no, she, the 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 color it turns blue or whatever, and it kind of ends with like, oh, damn, like I may be pregnant, and then it goes on to part two. Yeah, and then so she comes out, and her sister's like, I don't, I still don't know what Erica's sister's name. Heather. Is. They mentioned Eric. Okay, Heather. So Heather says, you know what happened, and she's like, oh, I'm not pregnant. It's all great. So she kind of lies straight up to her sister. So the girl, Erica's now in English class, and um, they did. I think they did do a comic relief bit, but I didn't write down what that was. So pregnancy, comic relief again. No, no, because uh, um, the teacher was. I think what they were talking, they were trying to talk about the book that they're studying. William Shakespeare might have been. Yeah, it was. Um, I, yeah, I can't remember the book. Um, it was a it was something Shakespeare, and he's like, "Okay, you guys don't want to talk about that. What do you want to talk about instead?" 
and so, like, I want to talk about abortion. Yeah, and um, they and, and, and you know and I, I wrote that they have a, a really interesting discussion. Now, obviously, we're two blokes, and I don't really want to get into the whole abortion subject because, like I said, we're two blokes, and it's not really for us to kind of say. And so it was interesting that Spike class, and she isn't really debating or or talking about anything. And they're all having a big old discussion. And I think Lucy's going, it's not technically a baby, guys. It's a fetus. It's not the same thing. And obviously, people are thinking, like, just because you get pregnant, there's automatically a baby inside your stomach. And it's like, yeah, it don't really work like that. And I think it's because in the first three weeks of a pregnancy, anything can happen. Like, it's, do you know the whole thing about don't tell anyone? First three months, yeah, so you should... How, because it's literally your body's decide. Because the thing is, it's like a foreign object and foreign body in your body, and your body's deciding: do I, do I get rid of it because it's trying to suck my energy out, or do I keep it and it's a baby? But um, so yeah, there's the debates there, and they 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 bring up some really interesting points, and everyone has kind of a different view about it. And I thought it's really, and and you know, we are we are blokes, and it doesn't happen to us, but it's. But it's it, there's some really insightful arguments happening around this classroom. You can't help but think about it. It's like, oh, I didn't think about it from that way. I didn't think about it from that way. And it's really, I thought it was really well balanced, you know, discussion they had in the classroom. And obviously, there's no resolution. Yeah, there. and obviously the there's obviously the scene where initially when she goes to the abortion clinic and she's getting the advice, and obviously there's people outside protesting, and that was so intense. Yeah, it was really, and the the lady with the, the the little baby thing. This is your baby. Like, don't I, I was like, oh, what yeah. is this show? What is, I, 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 for, like, I mean, forget the fact that that is so wrong, and that's not what's inside you in the first week of pregnancy. It's not a little thing, and then it kind of grows like a a tree or whatever, or like a plant. And it was just yeah, and then obviously she's going, and obviously that scene was seen as controversial as. In America, they were like, "Yeah, we're not airing this." UK were like, "Yeah, we're not airing this." One one thing I thought was really good, good, good for the information, but bad for watching a kids show <laughs> was um, uh, kids, teenagers, you know. Um, so they they go into quite a lot of detail. I guess what a nurse would say to you about how the actual procedure works. And I'm not sure if the if it's different now but they were literally like we're gonna do this we're gonna do that it's gonna it's gonna hurt it's gonna do you know but i think they have to do that because it's an abortion this is what happens if you want to have an abortion yeah and i was like that's really kind of good that they've gone you know obviously the abortion thing this is brutal like you know it's this this whole sequence was really yeah heavy. yeah yeah and and and, and delivered in a really good and serious way like to to like the viewers like really engaged in the sequence i thought and i'm not sure if you have anything to add but no 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 that was absolutely it was one of those things where you have to tell people this is what happens and they were willing to tell you or particularly young girls who are watching this you want to have an abortion this is what happens yeah it's not simple as like there you go yeah it's one of those things where it is your choice. It's down to you what you want to do, but we're going to tell you exactly what happens. And I thought that was really good that they did that. It was 
one of those where it kind of sucks that all the other channels or all the other countries bottled it, to be honest with you. Because it's like, yeah, I think these things happen. You saying it don't happen or you closing your eyes and covering your ears going, la, 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 teen pregnancy doesn't happen. Racism doesn't happen. La, 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 la. It happens. Address it. Exactly. And I think that's one of the most unhealthy ways of like dealing with things anyway, because like we've been, um, I was, I was watching something recently and they use a good term, um, going slightly off subject, but it's kind of relevant to this show, but the term colorblind and, and people saying, oh, I'm not racist. I don't see color in this and that and the other. And which is one of the most unhelpful ways to, to combat racism, because if you're not acknowledging people, people's differences and people's, um, uh, and, and, and their struggles, and 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 otherwise, yeah. then the, you're not helping the cause. You're just ignoring it. You know, it's like you know, definitely, completely unhelpful. Um. So anyway, so following this, like I said, brutal sequence. This was like really heavy, um, really well delivered, but brutal sequence. Straight onto another comic relief, like boom, like serious comic, serious comic, serious comic. So this is where Joey finally, because he thinks he's got away from the bullies, and he finally gets like he gets a, he tries to run away uh, from the from the bully. Oh no, he doesn't get caught yet. So he he goes to um, he tries to run away from the bullies, and he runs into the the girls lose, and they kind of they run past, and they don't know where he's gone, and he goes out, and all the girls are kind of laughing at him because he went in the girls' toilets and things like that. Uh, then, um, Erica says she finally owns up that she's pregnant and she asks her sister to come to the abortion clinic. And they, they, I think we are not mentioned that they're, they're religious, they come from a religious family. Yeah. So obviously for uh, religious Christian background and traditionally abortion is not looked upon kindly by the church, especially back in those times. So, um, she, her sister is literally like, nope this is wrong against the religion against like everything our ethics everything absolutely no way um cut again to uh finally bullies catch up with joey uh and then joey has to push a banana up the wearing again ladies underwear on the top of his clothes he has to push a banana on the thing and then the teacher sees him all the bullies run off it's mr radich who is a teacher from the school and he becomes the new vice principal of degrassi high yeah, because he said, "Oh, because the school burnt down, I'm here now." <laughs> and I, I, I got the like, I, I wrote down that um, it's probably from another bit that I haven't seen yet. Like this was kind of a, like a, an Easter egg for the people that have watched it, and they're like, "Oh my god, is that guy?" Um, so, uh, and then Erica's sister asks, "Spiky hair girl, what's the crack with abortion?" And then she goes back to her sis so yeah so basically no, um, so yeah heather heather's trying to talk to spike to convince her to not have an abortion but obviously spike has lied to her look every situation is different and it was interesting that when they were having the debate spike was very quiet and she's like look just because i've got a kid doesn't mean i've got all the answers like i'm i'm gonna take a knee on this discussion and let y'all talk about it and then heather's obviously trying to tell spike to tell Erica not to have an abortion, but she was like, look, every situation is different. Every person has their own different situation. It's not the same. So no, I'm not going to go and talk to her about it. Yeah. 
Um, so that was the end of episode and two, right? No, she and then Heather decides to go with Erica to the abortion clinic, saying, "Look, I don't agree with you, but you're my sister, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave you." I went straight on to episode three, but I've literally looked through my notes now and realized I only watched half of this episode. So this is gonna like gut me because I remember I was getting really into this episode. Um, I was kind of hoping that you'd watched it when I was reading through my notes just now, but um. So it starts off and it's a uh, Michelle and Bryant. And one thing about that, they didn't say his name until about 15 minutes into this episode. And it was driving me crazy. So the, the first thing I noticed, like mixed race couple walking together, like in this time. And I was like, straight away, that's that's good. But they're also lying. Uh, she's lying to her parents about seeing him. So... So like it's kind of that thing. It's still it's not okay, but this happens kind of thing. Uh, she gets in and her mum and dad are separating. So, so yeah. So her dad I think kicks her mum out and just says you got to go. Um, and then my next note is that in high school they seem to have loads of spare time. Like it seems like they always oh oh that's right because they're watching um the basketball practice and I was like. Why aren't you in a lesson? Like I don't remember ever having any time to myself when I was when I was at school. It was always like you had your fifteen minute break and your forty five minute lunch break, and that was your lot. Um, um, otherwise, you would literally chain to a desk somewhere. Um, anyway, so she's talking to her mate about uh, her parents splitting up, and cut to the the comic relief. And Joe Joey's band, the Zits. I think that's what they were called. Uh, want to make want to make a music video, um, and they ask uh, Lucy to borrow her camera um, because she's she said that she's she's got a camera, and she says that's fine, but as long as she can shoot it, and she's like, and then Joey's like, oh, I don't know if a girl can operate a camera, and she's like, if the, <laughs> if I'm shooting it, sorry, if you're using my camera, I'm shooting it. Um, and it's you kind tell of like her, bit, like, you go, girl. It's literally saying, yeah, kind of the flip side of like, uh, like empowerment for women. You know, like just because I'm a woman, don't mean I can can't do things by myself. Um, and uh, so it, t- it turns out that Erica had the abortion, and her sister kind of like is asking her if she's all right, and she's saying like, not kind of not really, but I'll be all right, kind of thing. Uh, Snake is a tall guy, I've written, uh, and it's Lucy's camera. Uh, and so Snake and Wheeler give their money to Joey so that, that he can do some magic with the production and things like that. But Joey's not putting money because he's broke, but he's kind of got his vision. He's like, don't worry, get this, get this shot and we're going to kind of make loads of money. Uh, then it cuts to back to Michelle walking home with Bryant and she's making her, she goes home, makes dinner for dad because he's, he's kind of like, the, he's a very traditional guy and you're led to believe that it's like, him he's the problem very traditional he doesn't do housework when, when i say traditional you know what i'm talking about right you know he's a, he doesn't do housework he's he, he he goes and works himself um but he doesn't cook he doesn't do anything like that so he's had a woman to look after him all this time and now he's got no one so she's kind of stepped up to the plate and she's cooking and and and, and trying to help and he's saying like, like i'll try and help around the house but you've got help too we've got to kind of pull together on this thing um and then he said uh, and then she said he said he wants her to concentrate on the schoolwork. Um, and then he said, and he kind of says, well, I know you're seeing that black boy, but you should be kind of concentrating on your 
schoolwork. Then Joey, go back to the Joey bit, and he's going around asking people if they want to be in the, in his video, but they've got to be wearing a bikini. You know, he's trying to get some women to like, you know, to spice up the video or, or whatever. And then back to Michelle, and she's talking to her boyfriend about the parent, about her parents splitting up, and she gets called into the office, and her mum's there, because she hasn't seen her mum since she left. And this is where they finally said Bryant's name. And so the mum's kind of resolves to see Michelle, she's like, oh, I want to see you kind of thing. And it turns out that her mum's actually having an affair. So, and and all this time, Michelle's got it in her head that her dad is the one at fault. Um, uh, so then she kind of, it kind of hits her like a ton of bricks and she kind of walks away. Um, then it goes back to Lucy and she's got the camera. Um, and this camera, I'm not joking, was enormous. I swear it's like twice the size of like my broadcast cameras that I use for TV now. Um like I think this camera could have like full size cassettes in. Um uh now Michelle Michelle's talking to her friends about everything and news about Oh, so this is where I, I stopped the episode and I I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because it it sucked me in. Uh and it's Predict what happens. About I don't know. I, I, I literally don't know because um I'm guessing that the, the music video doesn't happen, but Erica's abortion someone leaked it so like someone knows the school knows about the abortion and no and they don't know why and someone's written murderer on her locker in blood or paint or whatever it is um uh yeah and that's where i stopped watching the episode um i think i had a prior engagement but i've, I've written down that i'm 15 minutes into episode three so i will go back and watch that at some point but that up to that point i was hooked i was hooked and and now I'm looking at this notes. I didn't even finish the episode. I'm like devastated myself. Damn. Right. So I watched season two, episode four, A Tangled Web. So in this episode, we kind of obviously stories have progressed and things have happened. So we find out that Derek or Wheels, his parents were killed in a car accident. And he's staying with his grandparents. But he doesn't really like staying with them. He's becoming really lax with his attitude. His grades are falling. And he's just basically like, oh, grandma, stop lecturing me, okay? You're not like, you're not my parents, all right? Just stop with this. And then there's a concert going and Joey's like to Snake, look, ask your parents if you can go. And Snake is like, look, my parents don't usually let me out on a school night. But obviously, if my grades are good, then I'll be able to go. And it ends up that Snake and Joey get good grades, but Derek's grades are really, really bad. And so they're like, look, we're going to basically try and talk to your grandparents to see what we can do. But Derek forges his grandmother's signature. And they're all like okay he's like i don't really want to talk to the old bat she's gonna lecture me and all this stuff and they're all like why are you gonna forge your signature and so we find out that caitlin's dad he's like oh i'm off to play squash don't wait up and caitlin is like giving her dad a bit of attitude and a little bit of heat and caitlin's mom's like why are you doing that and so he's like because i've seen him with another woman and Caitlyn's mom is like yeah I know and she's like what and she's like look I love him I don't want to lose him and it's one of those again really good stories that they kind of tell 
because obviously as kids we don't know or they don't know the complexities of adult relationships things aren't as black and white as you think they are and so she's like look i love him i know he is i know he's seeing another woman but i don't want to lose him what shall i do i want to give our relationship a chance we're married this isn't a game and Derek's grandma finds out about the grades and the because te- the teachers end up calling her. And so she's like, look, you're grounded until you can fix up your grades. You can only go to school and you can come back, but that's it. And some of the comic relief stuff. So Alex turns out he's got secret admirer and Tessa, Tessa Campanelli, who's got a massive crush on Joey. She gets that same note. So Derek, he wants to go to the concert regardless of his grandma. So he tells his grandma, look, I'm going to study with Archie and we're going to study at his house. And the grandma's like, yeah, okay, but you can only come back at, you know, 11 o'clock and you can't come back later than that. Joey's car breaks down and they're all stuck. And Alex and Tessa are waiting for this secret admirer but they both get stood up and so they go home together caitlin doesn't want to face her dad and she ends up confronting him about having an affair and they have a big old fight and he's like why are you giving me attitude what the hell's going on and she just slams the door and then she ends up staying with her brother meanwhile in the middle of the freeway in canada trust me i know those freeways are long and dark and ominous and yeah <laughs> and so joey and derek are having a massive argument and joey's basically accusing him of always making up excuses for being a liar he's like look you're lying to your grandma you're lying to yourself look at you and basically derek's like you managed to get us stuck and they're having this big big row and so in the end derek gets home really really late his grandma's like look you know what i'm too old for this i'm sick and tired of you just constantly not listening to me i don't know what i'm gonna do with you so you know what get out of my house i don't want you to live with me go go out on the streets and so Derek goes up to joey he's like can i stay with you and joey's like yeah why you want to stay with me now we had a big old fight didn't we because your grandma kicks you out, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, look, it's not my fault the old bag kicked me out. And Joey's like, yeah, it is your fault. You're not studying. You're not listening to them. You're disrespecting them. And he's like, look, I'm going to ask my parents. No guarantees. And yeah. And that leads us to Schools Out, which I believe was the final episode of Degrassi High. And it actually proved to be a massive success. And it drew in around 2.3 million Canadian viewers on its initial showing, doubling the average audience that Degrassi High received. And this is probably the first, yeah, I think it was the first time the F word was heard on Canadian broadcast television. And that was the, oh, they said the F word. And even I was watching it, I'm like, damn, they're going to leave that on, huh? School's out. So this is the finale. 
starts off, I think, with Joey looking at rings. And he's quoted at 500 bucks, but he ends up buying a cheap ring. It's a graduation, and some of them are graduating, and some of them are not. And Lucy is the valedictorian. And so Derek, he buys a car, which doesn't look great. And there's a big old party. And yeah, so Caitlin, she's graduating, but Joey has to repeat the year. So there's a yeah, so there's a big old party celebrating the graduation. Joey tries to propose to Caitlin, but Caitlin's like, whoa, chill out. Why are we gonna get engaged? Like, relax. There's a at the same party, there's some kids getting stoned, and Tessa isn't happy about it. And we find out that Snake gets a job as a lifeguard. And Joey, he offers to tow Derek's car. And between the three boys, they're like, oh, who's going to lose their virginity first, Joey or Snake? And Joey's like, look, hey, Caitlin, it's been three years since our first date. And he's saying that Caitlin should go to uni in the same town. And she's like, look, I want to get a career, not a commitment. And yeah, so I think it's Lexi and she's showing Joey her engagement ring. And Joey's all like, oh, this is dumb. This is silly. And so he's like storming off from this party. Everyone's all having a good time. And he's just like, whatever, I'm going to go home. And then Tessa bumps into him and she's like, can you give me a lift home? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so they go home and they end up having a, a little smooch. And obviously Tessa, she likes Joey a lot, but obviously Joey's seen Caitlin. And so Tessa is like to Joey, hey, she she basically goes to his workplace, like accidentally bumping into him. She's like, hey, do you want to go out sometime? And Joey's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so he basically, she writes his number, Tessa's number on Joey's hand. And he's waving going, see you later. And, and Caitlin runs in. He's like covering his hand like, oh, damn, here comes the main chick. Don't want her seeing the side chick's number. And so, and basically Caitlin's like, yeah, I'm going to give you the rim back. Joey's like, okay, okay, it's a graduation present. And we and we see Snake. He's at the pool and he makes a fool of himself. And Derek, he's trying to make plans to travel the country with his car, but it's a really rubbish car and the bumper falls off. And so Joey goes on a date with Tessa. And basically, yeah, he's just ending up cheating on Caitlin. And he's bragging to the boys. He's like, oh, my God, I'm having so much fun with this other girl. And and Snake is like, yeah, but aren't you supposed to be going out with Caitlyn? And he's like, yeah, I'm just having my fun, man. I'm playing the field. I've got this side chick. I can call her anytime I like. And he's and obviously Archie's like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that to Caitlyn. And yeah, so Tessa invites Joey to her house. And yeah, so things happen there. And then Snake's thinking, oh, you know, maybe this swimming gig is going to help me get girls. And so a lady's asking Snake about swimming lessons. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll give you swimming lessons for free. And she goes, it's for my son. Hey, son, you just got yourself some free swimming lessons. 
And little does Tessa know, she thinks that Joey and Caitlin have broken up. But Joey's trying to have his cake and eat it. And Caitlin is basically saying to Joey, look, I can't see you. I can't because work is crazy. Maybe we'll see each other soon. Derek seems to have a massive problem with his car. He's drinking. And, you know, those things are kind of getting all muddled up together. And Caitlin finally catches up with Joey. And she's like, look, maybe we should take our relationship to the next level. And so now he's basically bragging about having two girls at the same time. I've got my main chick, Caitlin. I've got my side chick, Tessa. I mean, let's all be clear. Tessa is the side chick in this whole piece. And as with the theme of this show, Tessa is feeling sick. And the reason for her feeling sick is because she's pregnant. Pregnant. Uh, and basically, Joey, there's a they're, they're basically having a party at some kid's house. He rents out a house out of town. And Tessa is like, hey, can I come to this party? And Joey's like, uh, no, you can't. She's like, why not? He goes, yeah, this is a graduation thing. Like, you can't come. She goes, why are you ashamed of me? Yes, but he's not going to say that. He goes, look, look, you're, you're a side chick. All right, play your position kind of thing is what he's telling her. But then Tessa tries to call, but Joey was out and she calls to confront Joey. She goes, oh, you don't you don't you don't treat me seriously. I never want to see you again. You have no idea what you've done because I think she ends up going to have an abortion. And so Caitlin is thinking about staying in town for uni. She invites, it's Joey's birthday and they're having dinner and she's kind of thinking about it. But Lucy, she's furious. She goes, are you crazy? We're meant to be going to uni together. We're going to conquer the world together. Like, what are you playing at? And she's like, look, are you going to be wasting away in this town with Joey? Are you crazy? And they're all going to this big party out of town. And Caitlin agrees that she wants to be engaged and she tells him that he wants to stay. And then obviously Joey is is delighted about it. And while they're at this party, Joey and Derek are just basically taking the mick out of Snake. And so Snake is like, oh, oh, you think you think it's funny that I've not got a girl? Why don't we tell Caitlin about what you've been up to this summer? And Joey's like, shut up, shut your damn mouth up. Don't tell me nothing. And so, and then, yeah, they're all like, you know what? And and then, uh, and then Snake is like to Derek, look at you. You're pathetic. You've been spending the whole summer drinking. You've got some rubbish car outside and everyone's all having this big old fight. And then Lucy's like to Derek, you know what? Let's go for a drive. We need to calm you down. Little do we all know he's still drinking himself into uh, oblivion. And so the couple that were getting married, their name is... I don't even know what the couple who are getting married's name is. For the life of me, it might. I think it's Dexter and, and, and Lexi might be their names. So anyway, 
Joey goes up to Snake and he's like, hey, what are you doing? What are you playing at? You almost ruined everything with Caitlyn. And then that's when Snake says the famous line. Caitlyn hears him saying that. And she's all like, what the hell? And Caitlyn confronts Joey and he's like, it's not my fault. You've not been around. Like that's ever an excuse. And, uh, and Snake is all het up about everything that's happened. And so what he um kind of says is look he's okay so he's basically sitting down he's trying to cool off he sees two people drowning so he runs into the water he ends up saving them and then everything is catching up with joey he's like oh my days obviously tessa doesn't want to talk to him caitlin wants nothing to do with him and then we cut to derek who if you remember was going on a drive with lucy and he ends up having uh, an accident with his car. And he kills a two-year-old child. And Lucy is seriously hurt. And he gets taken away in the police car. And he has to go to uh, adult prison because he's 19. And Derek is charged with criminal negligence, causing death and accident by drink driving. And so Snake is like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to both of you. He goes, I'm done with both of you. I'm going to go to uni and I'm going to do my thing. And yeah, Lucy's in hospital with severe injuries. And we see that Lucy might be blind because one of her eyes is covered. And Snake packs up and he's leaving for university, turns his back on his friends. And he's like, look, whatever happens to Derek, he deserves it. And yeah, so Derek ends up going to jail. And he's like, you know what? I want to move on from all of this. And then it cuts to the wedding and everyone's having a good time. And we find out that Erica is in the Dominican and she's teaching English. And she's decided to stay out there. Spike is at uni and Emma is at kindergarten. Snake has a girlfriend called Pam and he bumps into Joey at the wedding and they're talking and they're friends. Derek's trial is later on in that year and he said that he will plead guilty and Lucy is recovering well in hospital. Joey apologizes to Caitlin for hurting her and it ends with Caitlin and Joey dancing as old friends. And then we go on to Degrassi, the next generation. So this was the episodes that starred Drake. So the first episode is Mother and Child Reunion. And it kind of starts off with Emma, who was the uh, daughter of one of the classic characters. She's all grown up. And Joey is a car salesman. And he's trying to sell Lucy a car. He's a widower as his wife Julie passed away. And they have a kid called Angela. Snake is a teacher and Mr. Radich is still there and Caitlin she's getting married to a director called Keith and I wrote that he's an ass. and it looks really awkward with Caitlin and Joey and I've read that the kids were eating ice poles so that must have been a thing in Canada and we find out that Wheels was out of jail after only spending 10 years and Joey gets offended by Caitlyn saying that he hasn't changed, but he's like, you know what? I have changed. 
And he's like, I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me after the loss of my wife. And obviously they're having a big old reunion. I think it's a 10 year reunion and everyone's all coming back to Degrassi. And we see that Emma, she's getting caught up on the internet and she's talking to a guy who she thinks is a 14 year old kid. And she's basically talking and she's uh, talking about how things like what basically what happens when you go online and you're talking to people. It's obviously a creeper, but at that age, you don't know. And you're all talking about that and it's the whole whatever. And that's kind of happening in the background. And Joey's overhearing Keith and Allison, who was, I think, just one of the students. And they're flirting together. And what happens is Emma decides and she agrees that she's going to meet up with him. And she basically fobs her friends off saying, oh, I'm going to stay in tonight. And it's my mom's big reunion. And she's basically going off to this hotel to meet this guy. God, this episode was so scary. Like, I was frightened watching this. And she bumps into this random guy and he's like to her, oh, you must be Emma. Um, I'm coming, I'm here with Jordan and I'm here with the, a bunch of kids and we're all upstairs. Why don't you come and say hi? I've got some pizza and we're all going to have our dinner together. Why don't you come with us? And Emma's like, okay. So she's just going upstairs willy-nilly. And so they're in the hotel room together and he's all like to her, have some pizza. They, they'll be coming along shortly. And so Emma realizes, okay, this is not... I'm in trouble now. And she locks herself in the toilet. And this was so scary. And obviously he's like, I'm not who I say I am. I'm not this. I'm not that. And he's like to her, look, I'm going to leave. And so he pretends to leave. And so he has her trapped. And like my stomach is like doing the whole butterflies. And I'm like, what the bloody hell is this? Like, you guys are doing this too well. Like, I'm too invested in this. Like, this is frightening. And the kids, her friends, realize that she could be in trouble and they'd find out the location. They run off to the school and they're like to spike her mom. Like, look, we think Emma might be in trouble. She's at this place. And so Archie and Archie and Spike, they run off to this hotel. Obviously, they, they go with the police there. They break open the door. And basically, Archie grabs the guy and he's like, make one move and I'm going to break your neck. And he's like, it's, it's not what it looks like. I know what it looks like. He's like, boy, shut your mouth. And he gets arrested. The police are talking to Spike saying... I don't think it's the best idea for your kid to be having a computer in her room. You need to bring the computer down into the communal room. That's how it was for us growing up. We had the computer in the main room. Ain't nobody having a computer in their room. We did. We had that too. All kind of foolishness could be happening. And yes, and Spike is obviously like to her, like, are you dumb? What the hell are you doing talking to strangers on the internet? 
agreeing to meet them. And it's obviously, this is what I was talking about, the new stuff and the new generation. And this is, it's one of those things. And, and like I said, I was watching it and I was genuinely frightened watching this episode. Like how it was unfolding, how it was going down. And in Degrassi style, they didn't skimp off the edges. Like they, they kind of told that story the guy had a videotape in his hotel room. It was so crazy. And he's like, one word, and I'm going to cut your throat kind of thing. And again, I'm watching that and I'm like, someone please run in. Like, run in. I don't care. Like, just run in and just, I don't know. Just don't let this happen. Like, I'm watching it and I'm so gripped and so intense by it and yeah that that, that episode was it was a, it was a two-parter as well in natural fashion and then i went on to season four and this was another again incredible episode time stood still and this was an episode featuring drake and he is jimmy and so him and another kid called spinner they're picking on a guy called Rick and they're throwing his hat in the bin and they're basically just giving this guy a hard time and Rick's going to the teacher about Jimmy, but he's not interested and the principal's like, you know what? It takes two to tango. If he's bullying you, he's bullying you for a reason and really not the way to deal with it. And on the background, we're seeing that Joey has to sell his house because his business is faltering. And yeah, so kids are planning revenge on Rick. I'm not really sure what that's all about. And so Sydney, there's someone called Sydney. She's coming to offer to sell Joey's house. And so Jimmy, it turns out that he's really, really clever. And there's a school quiz team. And he's on that same team as Rick. And that way, those two become friends. And Jimmy's defending Rick from the bullies. And so Jimmy's like, you know what? You better not touch him. Because he's like, you're bullying him. He goes, try bullying me. That don't, don't touch him. Rick, Rick, Rick is my mate. And yeah, that's, it's not going to happen anymore. Enough. And basically, there's the final question in the quiz. Rick gets the last question right and he seems to like Emma and he tries to kiss Emma after the quiz but she said that like no like I don't like you in that way I only felt sorry for you and when he basically gets the last question right the kids or the bullies they end up like gunging Ricky and he's like embarrassed he's humiliated he's covered in guns he's covered in feathers and he basically goes home. They're all trying to talk to Rick, but to no avail. And Toby, one of the kids from school, they're trying to talk to Rick. But he's like, you know what? Don't even talk to me. He goes home, goes into his parents' drawer, pulls out a gun, goes to the school. And so basically he's in the library and there's a girl. And he's basically almost about to pull the gun out on the girl. But she's like, you know what? Congratulations on the quiz. It's really rubbish what those boys did to you. 
And so he puts the gun back and he's in the toilet. And so the two other bully guys, Spinner and the other guy, they see that Ricky's in the toilet. And so they're like, you know what? And this is because Spinner has a fight with Jimmy. And Jimmy just basically beats him up. And he's like, you know what? You and me, we're done. We're not friends anymore. I'm I'm completely done with you. And then he kind of says, you know what? If you don't stop your bullying, like you and me, like we're, we're done as friends. Like don't even talk to me. And so, yeah, cuts to Spinner and the other kid in the toilet. They see Ricky. And so they're like talking to each other thinking, yeah, yeah, he's in there. So they're like, you know what? Oh, it was Jimmy's idea to do the gunge thing. It was such a, a, a great plan from him to become his friend. And so Rick is hearing that and he's like, Jimmy? And so he basically goes up to Jimmy and he's like, you did this on purpose, didn't you? You pretended to be my friend and then you humiliated me in front of the whole school. And then he pulls the gun out and Jimmy's like, what the hell? And so he's like, you better put that gun away. And so Jimmy's trying to run for it, but Rick lets out a shot and he ends up shooting Jimmy in the back. And so obviously Jimmy's lying on the floor. Obviously you hear gunshots and obviously the school is in a, a state of frenzy. And so Ricky approaches Emma, Sean and Toby with the gun. And so he's like, you think I'm a creep, don't you? You don't love me, do you? And so Sean is walking up to Rick and he's like, yeah, you better back off. So they have a big old struggle. Bang! Another shot of the gun. And it ends up being Rick. And he ends up dying. And meanwhile, Joey finds out that Caitlin ends up buying the house over the market value. And Joey's like, why are you buying the house? Obviously, male pride. And so they're having the uh, the chat with the uh, the school psychologist. And Toby is struggling to talk. And he's like, you know what? He's a nut job. I hate him. And everybody's giving Toby a hard time because he was obviously friends with Rick. And Archie, he confronts the principal. He's like, Rick spoke to you and you did nothing. He's like, if you did something, maybe he would have been alive and maybe Jimmy would be okay. And basically, the friend Spinner visits jimmy in hospital and he feels really really bad about what happens and then i actually decided to watch some of the episodes preceding the shooting we find out that jimmy is going to be in a wheelchair permanently because of the shooting and he's basically like you know what i wish ricky finished the job because it sucks being in a wheelchair i can't do any of the things that i love i can't play because he was like a star basketball player and they decide to name the MVP the the Jimmy Award. And then it turns out... And then Spinner basically tells Jimmy that, look, we egged Ricky on. This is kind of on us. And so Jimmy's like, you know what? I wish you were dead to me. You're nothing to me. And there's another interesting story with Sean. He's basically struggling to deal with the aftermath of the shooting. Yeah, and so Sean ends up staying out of town... And he's like, you know what? I need to stay here because I can't really go back out there. And uh, yeah, I think that was the uh, the episodes that I watched of Degrassi. But 
Wow, you were committed there. You watched so much, right, man? That's, but it's so good to realize what you know. They even did like high school shootings. Yeah, and stuff like that. yeah. And obviously, I think in Canada, like gun gun crime and gun law is very strict. It's but obviously things like this still happen in schools, regardless. And obviously, it starred Drake. Drake was Jimmy, and obviously Degrassi. I'd never heard of Degrassi, but I only knew it because of Drake. And I knew that that was where he got his start before becoming one of the biggest music stars in the world. And yeah, I mean, this show was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, agreed. Even just like hearing what you're, all those um, episodes that you're watching and the things that they were covering, it's like, just, wow, like you managed to do all this and um, with this kind of like... Because it was one of those where if we're, if we're covering the show... And I don't like it. I'm gonna watch the bare minimum, pilot finale done, and then hopefully I can figure it out. But if it's like shows that I genuinely like, then I'm gonna go out of my way to watch more of it and watch as much as I can. And I felt that way about all three shows that we're gonna to do today. So now we have to pick. I think today is an easy one. Um... And it's not because there's any bad shows. Um, it's only because, I mean, let's face it, it's got to be Degrassi, hasn't it? It's got to be Degrassi. Only because it co- because it covers so much and it's so accomplished. Like, um, Blue Water High was really, really good, but it was short and it didn't re- It wasn't that deep, even though it was in the water, which is you know kind of another thing. But um, yeah, Degrassi just covered so much that it was, um, I think, an easy winner, but. But, uh, you know, maybe it was, a... yeah, I can't say anything bad about either which show today. Um, but Degrassi just had it into, just the way it grips you with the storylines. Like, boom, straight in, Team Pregnancy, there you go, what do you want? Um, you know, and I was like, okay, fair enough, this this is this has got it. I have to go with Degrassi because this show got me so emotional in so many different, I felt a range of emotions watching this. Like I would feel like joy and happiness if there's this funny scene. I'm feeling trepidation and like, oh, what's going to happen with the teen pregnancies and when they're talking about abortion and things like that and I'm watching intently. And then there's the whole thing with Emma meeting the internet creep and the way that kind of made me feel was like, what? Oh, do you know what I mean? And it was one of those where I'm watching it and I'm feeling a wide range of emotions. And yeah, this was the UK Grange Hill. And again, if people don't know about Degrassi, then they know. And you know how we were saying that shows from Canada aren't great? This is a great Canadian show. We've we've got one. Like, you guys didn't miss with Degrassi. Maybe it's because they hit so well they just don't feel like they need to do anything anymore. It's they've 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 done t- they've completed TV, they've done it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, even yeah, Blue Water High was not a bad show by any means. I've really enjoyed that too. But yeah, Degrassi was it was of the same elk as Grange Hill. So I gravitated towards that a lot more. So yeah. Both shows are brilliant and very, very good job, guys.
And now we're going on to the main event. And this is a hell of a main event. So we're going back to August 1989. That was when Saved by the Bell first made its appearances on our screens. And some of the things happening in the world. Pakistan is readmitted to the Commonwealth of Nations after leaving it in 1972. United States Army General Colin Powell became the first black American of the Joint Chiefs of Staff after being nominated by President Bush. Two million indigenous people of Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania join hands to demand freedom and independence from Soviet occupation, forming an uninterrupted 600km human chain called the Baltic Way and it was known as the Singing Revolution. Uncle Buck was in the cinemas. And Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks was number one in the charts. So Saved by the Bell. So obviously this was an American television sitcom created by Sam Borbrick for NBC, primarily focusing on lighthearted comedic situations. And it occasionally did touch on serious social issues such as drug use, driving under the influence, homelessness, remarriage, death, women's rights and environmental issues. And it originally started off life called Good Morning Miss Bliss. And this was uh, in 1986, Brandon Tartikoff, who was the then president of NBC, asked Peter Engel to develop the pilot for a new primetime series, Good Morning Miss Bliss, or as it was known as Saved by the Bell, the junior years. And the series would focus on Miss Carrie Bliss, who was a recently married sixth grade teacher at the fictional JFK Junior High School in Indianapolis. And NBC decided not to pick up the series even before it was shown. And Tartikoff didn't want to give up on the show. And he made a deal with the Disney Channel to air 13 channels of the series in primetime. And if the initial order did well, Disney would prepare to order an additional seven. And then... The show ended up being completely retooled and they end up moving from the 6th grade to the 8th grade and the kids will be more central to the story. And Tartikoff, Brandon Tartikoff felt that there were strong elements to Good Morning Miss Bliss and wanted to try the show again but with a different time slot and a different approach. And the elements featuring kids had been well received. So he wanted, he wanted to drop miss bliss from the show and focus entirely on teens and nbc at the time had been losing the high end of their animated audience kids from 10 to 12 so the idea was to create a live action comedy to air on saturday mornings a new idea at the time and peter engel was skeptical of the new format and he did not want to make children's programming but his wife convinced him that making the show would be a worthwhile endeavor and the soon told Tartikoff that he would do the show and he didn't think that Indianapolis was a exciting location so the show moved to Los Angeles and the semi-fictional the Palisades and so that gave birth to Saved by the Bell and the theme song for Saved by the Bell was written by composer Scott Gale against the implicit instructions of Peter Engel. And Peter Engel initially didn't want 
the show being named Saved by the Bell and he didn't want it to be prevalent in the theme song and he gave explicit orders that they would not accept any theme that would reference the title but a week later Engel listened to the first four composers and though they followed his instructions the songs were flat and nothing special and then Gail played his song next though he explicitly violated Engel's instructions Engel couldn't help but admit that it was the best and perfect for the show so it's alright we're saved by the bell and obviously the main characters are saved by the bell pay attention obviously you got Zach Morris the main character Screech who was my favourite I loved Screech there was Kelly Kapowski Zach Morrison's love interest AC Slater who was Mario Gomez I think his name is or Mario Lopez that's it Jesse Lisa and, and Lisa and obviously principal Mr. Belding so Saved by the Bell Right, okay, so Saved by the I I didn't watch it when I was younger. It was on. I remember seeing it sometimes. I didn't like it. It was... Um, I didn't connect with the show. Um, yeah, it, I can't believe it's, it was. It went on for so long. Um, it ran from 1989 to 1993. They just had loads of spin-offs. But like in terms of a series, if you think about certain TV shows, they didn't have that much of a run as Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I mean, what was quite good is, but you did see the kids grow up though. What did I watch? I didn't watch that, but the, yeah, the kids were growing up and stuff like that. I liked that they kept the characters the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've got loads to say about the show, uh, and I know you watched a ton of it. But do you know the the shows where you watch the bare minimum? What was it though about Saved by the Bell? Then there was a couple of things actually. So, so, so basically, like I said, I don't connect with anything on the show. Like it's so far removed from everything even though like some other uh school things of, of america i can watch this just seems so far removed and also i i really hated how it was like watching a play so like it would be like these horrendous set pieces and it would go from scene to scene in set pieces so it was kind of like there would be some ruckus thing then the camera would zoom into them amazingly facing the camp there was no like shot reverse shot kind of thing it was all kind of like on a um like that sitcom style but with like one camera just zooming in on them all standing together all facing the camera like like a play and it was really off-putting like the, the 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 dialogue exchanges like it wasn't like um it didn't feel natural and it was forced and screech was was like um was a little bit funny at the beginning and then by the end of it he was a complete moron and I, I, I didn't like that I didn't like that like um character dege degeneration it was it was awful um uh so yeah there's not I I really there's don't get me wrong there's some bits when I found out oh, that's actually pretty funny and there's some things that were quite nice but it was like there's a lot I did not like about this show damn okay so saved by the bell now I remember this I think it came on Channel 4 in the UK. Yeah, definitely Channel 4, yeah. yeah. I remember it as a kid. I remember the theme song. I remember Screech. I remember Zack. And I think Screech was the only character I did remember. He was the only one I knew. And obviously, I was a bit too young. I didn't really have an affinity with it then. 
And so it was one of those shows where I was thinking, okay, so when before I started watching it, I was thinking, okay, so this show has a reputation, right? A lot of people know Saved by the Bell. A lot of people love Saved by the Bell. And so I thought, let me watch it and let me decide. Because obviously some shows, they don't hold up. Some shows, they don't age well. And that's perfectly normal because we're talking now 30 odd years ago. But me, I really liked Saved by the Bell. I really enjoyed it. I was laughing at all the jokes. I found it fun to watch. It was very relaxing. The silly stuff was silly, and I really liked that. I really connected with the show, which is why I went on to watch more of it and following them on not only at high school but college and beyond. I really, really liked it. And like I said, I loved Screech. I thought he was brilliant. He made me laugh. He was a goof, but he was a lovable goof. And yeah, I mean, it was too pantomime for me, but yeah, it was a lovable character. I'll grant you that. He's like, yeah, it's, it's just the show as a whole. I didn't feel that way strongly about it, but yeah, I'm watching it and I'm like, yeah, this show does deserve its elite status. And it was baffling that it only had ran from 89 to 93 and then they went on to do other spin-offs and specials and I don't know, maybe maybe you was onto something because I think often Saved by the Bell did struggle ratings-wise. There were other shows that people were watching like Full House, a show that we've covered. And so I think in that respect, they struggled to really, I don't know, get, yeah, get off the ground and, and really build a, a, a fan base and not only build it, but one that will follow them to the ends of the earth in terms of watching their shows. I think you'd like raise a good point. So like when I was younger, everyone, and even now everyone's heard of, like you said, everyone's heard of Saved by the Bell and you speak to a lot of people, they loved Saved by the Bell. A lot of people loved it when I was at school and I didn't, I didn't like it when I was, when I was younger. So it was actually really good for me to revisit and think, do I like it? Actually, no, I don't like it. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. So, and it's quite good that we had the same but opposite experiences of that. And I think that's yeah, cool. because like I said, I yeah, I'm the same. Like I had no affinity to say by the bell growing up. It was a show. It was there. I watched it. Mm, whatever. But I'm going back to watch it now and learning about the characters and getting in invested into all of them. And like, like I said, I really like Screech. I've really liked Mr. Belding, the principal. I thought he was great. I don't know. Like I really, really like this show. And it it does deserve, for me, its elite status. I think it deserves it. And then some. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the fact that the head teacher is called, called Mr. Belding as well. That's great. Like, you know, the, the head teacher of Saved by the Bell is Belding. That's brilliant. And, um, okay, so I watched... I managed to watch the first the episode of Good Morning Miss Bliss. So before we go into Saved by the Bell, I thought I'd talk about this. And yeah, so it starts off with Miss Bliss. She's got married and she's now Mrs. Davis, but she still wants to be known as Miss Bliss to the school. And so all the students are getting to know her. And there was a very young Jaleel White, Jaleel Wright, who is Urkel. And he was in this episode, and he was such a scene stealer. I thought this guy's a fantastic this young is why you actor. Liked the show. And so he's all like, 
Oh, good morning, class. I'm Stephen Urkel. No, he's, he wasn't Urkel, obviously, in this, but he just had that squeaking voice and, oh, did I do that? And oh, what have you? And he was just, he was great. And oh, he's just, he's a brilliant child actor. Like, he's, he just had it. And so there's this kid yeah. called Michael. He moves to Indianapolis and he says it's the pits. And she and Miss Blitz is trying to get to the bottom of why he's got such a big attitude problem. And she's settling in into her new marital home. And Michael comes to her house and he's like, look, I'm not going to go back to school. I don't know anyone in this town. And so he tells Miss Bliss that he's got an older brother, Billy, who's dying. And Charlie, who is the husband, he's concerned about not seeing his wife if she's too committed to the school. Because obviously you've got a kid going around her house. And Michael doesn't want to speak to his parents because... He's like, look, all they've been doing is lying to me about Billy. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want them to tell me that everything is okay when it's not. And so the kids obviously had to write an essay about who they admire. Strangely enough, one of the kids admires Ronald Reagan. And Michael, he comes late and he's reading an essay about Billy and Mrs. Bliss's husband surprises her at school. And he's like, look, I love you and you're going to be a great teacher. And that was Good Morning Miss Bliss. And I thought it was cute enough, nice enough. But obviously, NBC didn't seem to think so. And so they kind of went on to Saved by the Bell. Now, I did tell you that the pilot of Saved by the Bell... King of the Hill. But obviously, they put this... Okay, the negative about Saved by the Bell was that they muddled up the episodes. Jim Jam muddled up. So you had like in season three, they them looking really, really young. And it's like, dude, can you just not have some kind of order, please? And so, yeah. So and what they kind of did with this one is in order to cover up the fact that this was the pilot, it starts off with Zach saying, I'll never forget the day Slater showed up. And that's how they kind of covered it. And then so it starts off with Zach explaining the keys to high school the keys to high school and how he'll attract kelly so zach wants a locker next to kelly but slater a new kid shows up to take it and so zach's like hey i've got a hall pass if you want it and slater's like i've already got one and so he wants to sit next to kelly in class but jesse his friend won't allow it and so he's negotiating with lisa and he's like to Lisa, look, hey, if you let me have uh, the locker next to Kelly, we'll call it quits with uh, the Spanish homework. And so Slater ends up making up excuse and he ends up sitting next to Kelly and Zach has to sit next to Screech. And Slater is flirting with Kelly at lunch in the diner and Screech is pretending to choke and Kelly helps him. And Zach, he ends up assuming that Kelly is in detention after she turns up late. And Zach is trying to get into detention, but it doesn't seem to be working. He gets sent to the principal's office. And Principal Belding is like, you know what? I want to switch it up this year. I want to try and cancel the students. And Zach is doing everything he can to get to detention. And he's playing around with the Principal of the Month Award. And Zach finally gets detention, but he ends up meeting Slater. And Kelly won't be in detention because she saved Screech. And Zach is like telling Slater to back off. And he finds out that Slater's dad's in the army and he's been to 14 schools. 
And he's like, you know what? This is your turf, isn't it, Zach? And he's like, yeah, well, I'm going to take over, fool. And then I watched the episode one, which was Dancing to the Max. And so they're having a dance contest and the winner gets to take Kelly to the dance. We see that Screech has a liking to Lisa. And one of the scenes that I liked was really, really good. So they're having a music class and they're playing Bach. So they're playing like really classical music and everyone's playing really well. And then they end up starting to put the tempo up and then it sounds really, really good. And the whole class are playing. And then every time the teacher comes back, they go back to slow Bach. And then the teacher goes away and then they lift up the tempo. And then Zach and Jesse, we find out that they've been like really close friends since they were kids. And he asks Jesse for help dancing because he can't dance. And Jessie doesn't want to go to the dance because she thinks that she's growing too tall. And she's like, you know what? I'm too tall and all the boys don't want to go out with me because there's a weird, ridiculous thing about guys who don't want to date tall girls. And so Zach's like, you know what? I want to go. I'll go to the dance with you. And... He's like, you know what? She's a, she's like, I'm the tallest guy in the world. And Zach's like, you know what? You're not taller than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And so Zach ends up picking up flowers for Jesse from her garden. And basically Lisa sprains her ankle and she can't go to the dance. And yeah, so the finalists are the Spandex twins. So Kelly and AC go together. The powerhouse Peppies, Zach and Jesse, and Sprains, Screech and Lisa, and they end up winning because they do this cool, goofy little dance. And yeah, so the thing was keep your feet on the ground. Was it the final expression from the host Casey Kasem was keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars? And they have a good old time at this dance competition. So what was the next episode you watched? So the next episode I watched was series four, episode one, but this could be anything. So this one was, so it's, it's about a um, uh, a trip, something about a class trip. Um, I think because if, if you skip to episode season four, because I watched a couple from season two and three. Actually, tell a lie. I watched season one, episode 14, Zach Tapes. So it's the annual sweethearts dance. So you have to give your heart to someone. And Slater is asking Kelly and says Zach can't go because of all the things that he's done. So all the so principal's going to basically call him up to it. And Zach is trying to suck up to Mr. Belding, but it doesn't work. In class, they're learning about subliminal advertising and hidden messages. And they were listening to a song and it contained secret messages saying that they should bring Miss Wentworth flowers and apples. And Zach finds out that the Beach Boy songs, Californian Girls, is Mr. Belding's favorite song. And so Zach tries to make subliminal messages in one of those tapes. And the messages seem to be working and Mr. Belding falls for it. And so Zach is trying to see if it works with nerds asking pretty girls out. And so he sees that all the nerds are asking all the pretty girls out and they're going out with them. And so he 
he wants to put the tapes in Lisa and Kelly's room. So Screech dresses up as a girl. And Jesse's like, oh, hey, I, I know you. I don't think I know you. And he's like, she's like, what's your name? And so he's like, I'm Barbara. Barbara Bush. And so he's, and he puts the tapes in their thing. And so it works for them. So they agree to go to the dance with uh, Screech and Zach. And obviously they're realizing that there's something going on. And they realize that Zach is using subliminal messages. And they show the tapes to Miss Wentworth. And so everyone has their own back on Zach. And they teach him a lesson. So everyone's going, Zach is the best. Zach is a great guy. And so Zach is like, why is everyone doing this? Why is everyone doing this? And he gets all like flustered. And they're like, look, we have to teach you a lesson. Because you were out here messing about with this subliminal messaging. And then, yeah, season two, episode one, The Prom. And Zach and Slater want to take Kelly out on to The Prom. But she can't pick. And so she's like, let me sleep on it. And then she decides to go with Zach and he's happy. Screech asks Lisa to the date, but she says no. Kelly loses her job at the defense plant because obviously there's no more war. And we find out she has a big family with a whole bunch of brothers. And she gives up her prom money for the dad. And he's like, look, obviously I can't take this. She's like, look, we need to sacrifice and save up. Take this money. I don't want to take no for an answer. And the dad is like, look, you wouldn't lie to me, would you? She's like, no, 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 I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I can sacrifice the prom. It's okay. And so we find, obviously, she's lying to her dad. And then Kelly can't seem to find Zach and tell him. And Slater and Jesse agree, agree to go to the prom together. And Lisa's, Lisa was talking too much in the cinema and it puts Screech off. And he doesn't want to go to the prom with Lisa. And Kelly ends up telling Zach that she can't go to the prom. And then obviously Slater tells Zach that Kelly can't go because of her dad. And instead of going to the prom, Zach goes to see Kelly. And Slater and Jesse are obviously having a good time together at the prom. And Zach organizes a prom picnic for Kelly. And he gives her a corsage and they have a dance. And it was a nice episode. Episode two was Zach's War. And Screech is trying to ask the girl out, but she's taken and he ends up going straight to the locker. There's a cadet soldier who comes to visit and Lisa takes a liking to him. And Jesse, and obviously this cadet soldier is talking to the kids about having a career in the army. And Jesse's saying, why can't women be on the front line? And Slater's like, oh, well, they're too busy in the kitchen. And Mr. Belding... He summons Zach to his office and he gives him a month's worth of detention unless he can convince the class to join the cadet corps and Jesse can visit the girls to join and Screech joins because he wants to be a stud and the lieutenant is giving Zach a hard time and Slater and Zach are team captains in a physical race and basically Zach picks a team of nerds and jocks and Zach ends up having to captain the nerds. Slater is a great captain and Zach quits because he hates the geeks. And Screech is trying to convince Zach to come back because it's making... And it makes Zach feel bad. And Zach comes back and he tries to get back into the team. 
and Zach decides to stay in the core and it ends up being a really good captain and he ends up really enjoying himself. I found the episodes I actually watched, um, which was series two, episode 15. Um, forgotten what the name of the episode was. Oh, I was called the, the uh, Fabulous Belding Boys. So this was um, an episode where um, uh, Zach addresses the camera as usual, but I can't remember what he said. Um, and the teacher is like this horrible guy. And he basically is taking pride in the fact that everyone in his class has failed the midterm. And the there's an annual class trip coming up. And if they fail the midterm, they don't get to go on the school trip. So they all try and study for the test and then they kind of have the teacher like in the books because they're like kind of hallucinating saying oh you're going to fail you might as well just give up so they start watching tv and he's on tv as well and and then and then when the next day mr dixon's not there it turns out that he's tried to fire all the teachers and he's gone kind of gone a bit power mad and the teachers kind of like head teachers let him go and then in comes the substitute teacher which is uh, mr del belding's brother rod and he looks like michael bolton do you remember michael bolton but with long hair yeah looks exactly like him and uh then he first thing he does is like kids take the tear the tests up whatever and he's like i'll give the um he goes i'll give you whatever grades you deserve and he says i trust you to give yourself good grades in like um what's his name ac ac slater AC Slater's like, uh, oh, yeah, I'll have an A. And everyone else is like, oh, I'll have an A. And Screech was like, my head says A, but my heart says C minus. Because uh, so, <laughs> he's kind of like this kind of conflict thing. Anyway, so the teacher, head teacher, Mr. Belding, wants to take them to Yes. I just say it. I can never say this. Yosemite? That place in America, Yosemite? Yosemite. So they're going to, he wants to take them to Yosemite. And he's like, oh, I've got this really good thing planned and it's going to be um nice and this and, that and the other and uh so then he goes away and screech and zach kind of cuts to screech and zach in the head teacher's office watching a football game with um the substitute teacher um rod and it's kind of like acting like a pal like kind of like i'm the cool teacher you can do this when i'm here you can do that whatever uh, and they, and then he, they talk, start talking he starts talking to them and saying oh when I was younger, I went white water rafting. It was the best thing I ever did. So he kind of talks the kids into, they want to do that now. Like Zach and um, Screech. And so they go and pitch it to their main group. And they kind of like sway everyone to say, okay, yeah, let's go rafting rather than camping in Yosemite. And so they go to the principal, to principal office. And it's quite a sweet mitt because he's kind of like got this, He's like, oh, we're going to go camp here. Then we're going to go to the waterfall. And we're going to go do this. And then they're like, yeah, but we want to go white water rafting and and then he's like okay you can go and then like kind of like sad music as he like puts his like brochure into the bin and it's, it's kind of like a bit like i was really looking forward to spending time with the kids but now i can't so what's going to happen is that rod's going to take them to this trip right uh then it cuts to them like all practicing on this like um inflatable boat thing and uh, kind of rocking up and down and then rod comes in and kind of like, makes it go crazy um and then he says okay so now what we're going to do is we're going to do some uh, some life, uh, what's it called? Some first aid training or whatever, uh, life-saving, whatever. And anyway, so he lays 
the girls lay on the floor, and he's like the um, AC Slater and uh, Zach were like, "Oh, let's give them mouth to mouth kind of thing." So like, okay, go on, and you can do it. And then as soon as they like kind of kiss the girls, then um, Mister Belding walks in. He's like, "What the hell's going on?" Goes a bit mad, and then kind of like kicks him out. Kind of reads the right act to Rod and said, "Like you got to get back to class. You know, do your do your job sort of thing." Uh, then they're all ready to. There's a kind of next day thing, or whatever. They're all ready to leave for the trip. Everyone's got their bags, and um, Rod, the the sub, substitute teacher's missing, and they, no one can find him. So Zach says, "I'll go looking for him," and he's talking to them. He hears the principal talking to to Rod, and he's saying, "Like, oh, I'll, I've met this girl. I'm going to ditch these kids. I'm going to go gallivanting with this girl instead of being with the kids." Um, and Mr. Belding's like, "You can't let the kids down. Like, what the hell am I going to tell them?" Sort of thing. And he's and he says he tells the kids that he has the flu and he, and, and the trip won't happen. But then he decides, you know what, I'll take you instead. And then um, Zach asks him why he didn't tell the truth, and he said, like, because um, Zach had a go at him and said like he's a bad principal in this earlier in the episode, and and he said like I didn't want to let the kids down, and I didn't I didn't want like the kids' opinion of this guy to drop. And then Zach says you're a good guy, uh, and that was a better episode than the first one. Uh, the next episode I watched was series four, episode twenty-four, which was school song. Uh, I watched uh, season three, No Hope with Dope. Let me get my notes out for that. And so everybody's feeling the mid-semester blues. A famous guy called Johnny Dakota comes to the school, and so the kids are making up a rap song to impress Johnny because he wants to record uh, an advert and. So they find that there was someone who was supposedly smoking pot at Bayside and they realize that obviously it's not going to be as easy as they thought. And so they're like to Johnny Dakota, hey, look, we're going to stop people from smoking dope. It's not cool. It's not nice or, or whatever. And they flush it down the toilet. And they're all talking about the dangers of drugs and why they do it. And Jesse talks about being addicted to a caffeine pill. And they're all like talking about it. And they're all saying, okay, fine, we're going to record this uh, advert. And so Johnny invites them all to a house party. And they're all having fun at this uh, celebrity house party. And Screech gets hurt and they all have to go. Johnny takes a liking to Kelly. And he's offering her pot. And she's like, what? Don't, why are you smoking pot? And he was like, oh, everybody does it. Don't you? And she's like, no, not really. And then Zach walks in and he's like, oh, what the hell's going on? And he's like, hey, come on. We're, we're having some smoke. Puff, puff, pass and, and what have you. And Zach is like, you know what? We're getting out of here. This is not the one. This, this ain't it. And Zach doesn't really appreciate the hypocrisy. And all the kids walk out on the commercial. And so Mr. Belding decides to call someone from NBC because he knows him from way back. And they end up doing a commercial. And so one thing I liked at the end was really cute was the NBC president going, you know what? Why don't we do a sitcom about principal and his kids? It'll never work. And yeah, that was a, a really good... Uh, a really good episode and yeah season four um so this one was called school song so basically it starts off um and zach says it won't long won't be long till i graduate um maybe it won't be long till someone as cool as me walks um 
calls me, walks along or comes along, whatever. And he says, yeah, right. And and that's kind of his first bit. Um, so they're all in music class and they're, they're kind of singing the school national anthem. And Zach is like doing something before they're making paper airplanes and like they're like bored, they're bored singing this anthem. And the teacher says like, you're not, you're not doing it right. And a bell goes and they said, um, and they, and they, they kind of walk out, but what's annoying here, do you know what I was talking about earlier about the whole set piece and then zoom in kind of thing? So this is what happened. They were singing, right? Then bell rang. They kind of class dismissed. All the extras filter out and it kind of zooms in on them just like sitting there. And the one thing that really done my head in was all the kids threw the paper on the floor. And if I'd have thrown a piece of paper on the floor at my teacher's feet when I was at school, I think the teacher would have beat me to death. Because that's like one that's like so very disrespectful. Anyway, um, so they decide that th- there's kind of this gift committee thing. I don't know what it was, but anyway, their gift to the school was they will make a new school anthem. And everyone thinks that Zach's kind of this like in their words, biggest goof off. Like he was just like dossing about all year, and everyone thinks he's just this dosser, and he and he's and he's, he's, he's kind of good for nothing. So he decides that he's gonna write the school song and he goes against the committee and he's he kind of like says i'm gonna write it so if i write it then um sorry if i write it then i will be the one and i'll get the credit and i won't be known as this goof off right so he starts to stir the pot among the group and says like oh he said it's not that great and he's kind of like um turning everyone against each other so they all fracture and they go into their own little groups and then he starts to sabotage their rehearsals and sabotage their and what they've got to do is they've got to um perform their so each group has to perform their song and the school will decide what the best one is because they'll play it for the pa system and they'll vote which one's the best right so um uh zach like kind of starts sabotaging everyone's final playthrough on the pa system so everyone's good the only people that are good are screech and himself and it turns out that they're tied for votes in the end and screech does this really funny song about home on the range you know the home on the range uh theme tune he does it like a kind of take on that and he kind of changes the words and so they start to figure out how they can swing the vote so they Zach tries to get the dork vote and he has dinner with Louise, this kind of dork nerdy girl or whatever you want to call or call her. And um, she voted for Screech, but he kisses her. So then she said, if you kiss me, I will bring the, not only will I vote for you, but I'll bring you more votes. So he has to kiss her. And then the rest of the crew, meanwhile, figure out that, he was the one that sabotaged everything and he's the one that wants the kind of glory. So they decide to flip the script and try and make Screech win instead. So they spike his drink. when it, They have to have another final playthrough and then they're going to do another recount of the votes. Just before that, they spike his drink with like a lemon extract so he can't sing. Not sure why that would stop you singing, but it did. And his voice goes whilst he's singing. Um, and then... When he goes back, he's like, "Oh, what you? Why did you do that?" And they're like, "Well, because we figured out what you did to us, so we figured we'll do the same thing to you." And then he said, oh, "Okay, yeah, fair enough, you're right." Um, and then they sing a nice song, and they says, "Oh, it's Screech's turn to perform a song," but they'd already given Screech a new song. 
uh, he said, oh, look, Screech, it's exactly the same as your song. We just changed a few words here and there. So they end up singing Screech's new song, which is actually a collaboration of everyone else. And it's a really nice song, and Zach joins in, and it's all nice again. Uh, and it's actually quite a nice end to that episode, and what I thought was the high school in general. Obviously, you can't have an ending without a graduation. And that was the finale for season four. And Zach can't graduate because he's a credit short. And so he ends up trying to get onto the dance show final, Swan Pond. Big Pete, who's one of the nerds, drops out because AC Slater convinces him that he'll give him a Letterman jacket in return. A Letterman jacket for all those people not from America is basically those cool jock jackets that they wear. And so he gave one to Big Pete. And Mr. Belding offers the role to Zach. And basically, Zach is playing the principal going, I don't want to be in this dance. It's so uncool. And Principal Belding goes, well, in order to graduate, you're going to have to do this class. And Zach is like, oh, okay, then. And so Principal Belding tells Lisa about who the valedictorian is. And instead of it being Jesse, it's Screech. Because Screech ends up getting a higher grade than Jesse. While he was a complete goofball, he was quite a clever goofball. And the dance show ends up being cancelled because all the geeks get ill. But And Screech, he doesn't want to be valedictorian because he knows that it was Jesse's dream for the longest. And so Principal Belding's like, you know what, Jesse, you can be valedictorian. And Zach offers to find replacements for the shows because of all the geeks getting sick. And so basically the gang decide to do the performance. The show was a success and they all get A grades and Zach gets his final credit. And Zach was talking about how he won't miss the school and the rest of them were all going that, yeah, we are going to miss it. And then Lisa blurts out to Jesse that Screech should have been valedictorian because he puts others before him and he deserves it. And he basically tell and Lisa tells Jesse this and Screech does his valedictorian speech. And he talks about Zach for being a good friend to him. Zach gets emotional giving his speech and he's talking about how much he's learned and how much Principal Belding has helped along the way. And yeah, Zach and Principal Belding hug, which was quite an emotional moment. And I think in later series of Saved by the Bell, Principal Belding has a kid and he names him Zach. And yeah, so that's how Saved by the Bell ends. And then we go on to Saved by the Bell, the college years. Now, this was only a series that ran after one season. It got cancelled due to low ratings. And they averaged only a 7.8 slash 12 rating share. And they ranked 88th out of 118 shows. And it had to deal with viewer competition from both Full House and the first half of Rescue 911, both of which ranked in the Nielsen Top 30 that season. And only 19 episodes were produced. And the 19th episode, Wedding Plans, left the series with a cliffhanger ending where Zach and Kelly had not yet married. And Zach is like, you know what? Sod it. We'll get married in Las Vegas. And in order to give the series closure, 
they decided to do a 90 minute TV movie Saved by the Bell Wedding in Las Vegas. And all the main actors agreed to come back for the movie, except for Anne Tremco, who declined the role in the movie. And the series was the last to feature main characters Zach Morris, AC Slater, Kelly Kapowski, except for occasional appearances. Zach and Kelly, they get married and they're like, you know what? Even though we're 19 and we're students, we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. And that was the end of Saved by the Bell. And just a couple of final notes. Saved by the Bell has been classified as educational and informal. And the show was named one of the best 20 TV shows of all time by AOL TV. And an interesting thing that Mark Paul Gosselaar, who plays Zach, what he said about Saved by the Bell was, and I quote, I feel like it's a little bit torturous every week for me to go through this process because I'm watching my work and it doesn't matter that it's 30 years old and it's still something that I feel like I can improve. There's moments where I'm talking with Dashiell and I say my timing is off there. If I had just done it this way, I bet it would have gotten a bigger laugh. But that's just the perfectionist in me, which is why I don't like to watch my work. I feel like I should leave it on the set. And there were various incarnations of Saved by the Bell that involved different students. And from time to time, some of the old characters would pop in here and there. And Principal Belding, I think, was a constant. And I think Screech comes back and he's like a teaching assistant. And yeah, so after Saved by the Bell, Mario Lopez, who was AC Slater, he's like a big TV presenter in America. He's kind of made a career of of career for himself in that respect. Any last notes on Saved by the Bell, even though you didn't like it? Um, no, I mean, look, it's Saved by the Bell. This is it's one of those shows that everyone will have heard of, I think, at some point. Um, but yeah, not for me. Not for me. This one. I really liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it held up reasonably well. I liked the characters. I liked the stories, which is why I watched the film, even though it wasn't that great. And yeah, Saved by the Bell, very, very iconic. And uh, on that note, I think uh, bringing it to an end, want to say a warm welcome to listeners from Brazil and Kuwait. Thank you so wow. much for listening to Thanks, guys. the pod. Obrigado and shukran for you guys in your native languages. I appreciate that. And next week is the 50th episode of Yesterday's Capers. We'll have something special lined up for you guys there. So definitely check that out. And yeah, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So please listen to it, subscribe, wherever you are from around the world. We appreciate you listening to it. We really, really do. On the socials, you can follow us on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers, Yesterday's Capers 1. On Twitter, it's Yesterday Capers. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. And on the socials, you can follow me at Abdullah underscore Molim on Instagram. And you can follow me on Abdullah Molim on Twitter. All one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, join us next week for the 50th episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>